Success of uh, us in the uh, in the fantasy uh, uh, football. Was it the fantasy? Oh, that was a librarian. Librarian uh, winning, uh, uh, being top five like four yeah. or five years, and uh, always being prolific with our uh, rankings, whether it be preseason or in season. And it's interesting, you know, the industry catches up to you. Yeah. So you know, now everywhere you look, if you're watching ESPN, you're watching NFL Network, they they all talk about their fantasy now, and they talk about in tears. They were not doing that on, on the, the mainstreams two or three years ago. Yeah, no, I, I no doubt about it. So um, here's what we'll do. We're going to get into it because we got a lot of players, and as you guys know, um, we tend to go long. If you're new to the Pyro Podcast, we're super excited to have you listening in. Show's a little bit different than the other shows out there. Um, maybe not because a lot of the shows out there kind of uh, come into the fray and been getting drinking beers and whatnot. But we go pretty long, and we talk about a lot of guys. We go in-depth. Um, so I think in general, one quick thing I'll say is uh, congrats to Stag Party on your engagement and happy 30th, my brother. It's good to come get to your third decade. Um, what do you got, Deanie? I was going to say, if people don't like our long-windedness, you know, all I got to say is... Michael was adjusting to the absence of his son by enjoying the company of his brother. You know, I'm in pretty good shape. You could be eating my dust all day, slowpoke. And Buster was starting to give as good as he got. Even you might be eating... 
Jessica. Well, let's hope it doesn't come to that. <laughs> oh, good times. Although we don't get bleeped here. Yeah, we don't bleep. But I do miss being in the same room with you guys because all these sound bites and drinking beers and throwing back some. Well, there it is. It's a good time. So basically, here's what we do. We're going to be talking about tiers in the Pyro Draft Kit. We have a tab that's for tiers. And what we do is we do this thing and it goes onto our website uh, and it's called Collective Tiers. So uh, myself, D-Rex, Houdini, Stag Party, and Wheeler, uh, who's a new uh, contributor to the tiers this year, um, we all put in our tiered rankings, who guys we think that are, uh, you know, the top guys and couple them into tiers and bracket them together for the quarterback, the uh, running back, wide receiver, and tight end position. Then our collective tier is kind of the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Collective. Collective. Of, <laughs> of all of our thoughts. Of, the, of, our, our, of our rankings. So we're going to go through and talk about them and we'll also just kind of throw some random things out here and there. Um, obviously... We don't have the same guys in the same spots, and that's what makes it beautiful. So, I think we'll start a little bit. I'd like to start, if you don't mind. Um, you know, we don't. Need, well, let's let's kind of roll through some quarterbacks, and we can get that position over with. How about that? Um, Feel free. All, I, all I'll just say is stag party, and then we can go. We can break it into tiers. Who do you think? Who's your first grouping or tiers of um, quarterbacks? And Give us a quick why, and then I'll kind of say you're set. Maybe we have Houdini. You can talk about your second tier, uh, and if you want to intersperse, great. What? Who do you got as your first guys? Because uh, I see Russell Wilson there for you still. Um, when I think some other people are are a little down on him. Tell me what why you obviously Rodgers makes sense, but give us your thoughts. Yeah, I've got Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson. Uh, with Russell, I'm just. I mean, I'm concerned about the team overall. I guess, but I think he's gonna pass. And whenever he's been asked to pass, it's gone well. And I don't think their defense is as good as it's been in years past. They're going to have to call on him more. And, you know, the wide receivers might be a little bit different. The tight ends might be a little bit different than they've been in years past. But he's just going to have a, a significant volume just because their team doesn't look as strong as it has been in the past. And this whole we're going to focus on the run thing only works so long when you're getting beat by seven points because you no longer have you know, the Legion of Boom back there. Yeah, that's a big thing. You, I just noticed you've got, you got Russell Wilson as your second guy too. So yeah, you guys are both in the same – same. I'm a little down, but I like that. Ask the pass, it works out for him. Well, and, and, and don't forget, he can still run. Yeah. You know, that's a, that's a great source of fantasy points. So, and the other thing is you don't necessarily have um, that running back that is going to be for sure 100% stealing all of the, uh, the, the the scoring opportunities for him by with his legs uh, near the goal line. So, I, I think that Russell Wilson becomes, it's interesting. So, I, I'm the only one that has actually three quarterbacks in my first tier. Uh, D-Rex has Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. Stag Party's got Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson. Wheeler's just got Aaron Rodgers. I got uh, Rodgers, Wilson, and Brady in, in my top tier. And the reason for me is that, and, and maybe you guys can, can explain for you, I don't have that much difference in like the impact of the, of the scoring. Like I don't feel like we're in one of those years where it's going to be a Tom Brady 50 touchdown or uh, a Peyton Manning uh, 50 touchdown, 5,000 yard passing season. It seems like the, the, the way that the new NFL is, is kind of curtailing that a little bit to the 
we're getting a lot of guys that are getting over 4,000 and kind of hovering around there. And Aaron Rodgers, I mean, is a guy who I think is only, if he's thrown over 40 touchdowns, I think he's only done it once in his career. But he's that perfect steady guy at the top. And I just, I look at these three and I say, I, I, this is why I don't reach for a quarterback. I'm not going to have one of these guys on my team in any standard draft because I'm not going to be reaching. You could have Russell Wilson. If, 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 if he falls, I mean, that would be amazing. But in, in the league that I have my standard draft, know your league. That's the other thing. Uh, always about know your scoring system and see what it matters. The running back, the running yards that the quarterback gets are just grouped all as total yards. So in my league, he becomes ineffective as a rusher. Huh, there you go. Yeah. Um, as far as between, uh, you know, I, the guy I've got a little bit higher is Cam Newton, kind of in that same thing. When he's asked to hand, handle the whole deal, uh, it's usually pretty good for fantasy owners. Um, but he's the top of your tier two. He's top of my tier two, yeah. So that's right. We're talking tiers, so we got to talk about that. My tier one is Rodgers and Brady. Uh, and in, in all honesty, it's changed each time. I, I could easily throw Cam and Breeze in there. I, you know, it, it's tough. And Luck shot up uh, my tiers as well. Um, I guess I'll just ask you guys. Luck uh, threw, threw a couple of Thursdays ago. Did he? I know Stag's been on him in best balls uh, this year. Um, is this a guy where did he kind of move up, or how much did he move up from tier version two to this latest version of tier three for each of you guys? I mean, I think it was from 10 to 7, so it was a little bit of an uptick, but it was something that I sort of expected all along. And now that we've seen it, it's like, okay, you know, Andrew Luck has just as much upside as any other quarterback in the league. He's got that 4,500 yard passing yards in his range of outcomes. He's got 30 to 40 passing touchdowns in his range of outcomes. Uh, he can, and you know, add a little bit as a rusher. We don't know if that's something that they're really going to ask him to do. I hope you know, not. Probably not. not. Probably going to be reduced after but an injury. But there's still there's still room for those rushing touchdowns. Well, he's not the look, four, the four, the three to four rushing touchdowns. For sure. and, and he's and he's still going to run for yards because he'll take smart yards. The guy the guy's going to see like okay, uh, they're playing a prevent defense on me, and I can run for 12 yards and get out of bounds instead of pushing it and going to take the hit. Be like Russell Wilson and jump out and just take the eight yards. So Buck was already in your tier three stacks. That's 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 awesome. So for, for me, for, for yeah, me, yeah, I had yeah. him further way down. I did he too. moved up to ten for me. I had him, I think, around like sixteen or seventeen uh, in my previous version. And I look at him as one of these guys again that he'll be a, a quarterback that potentially does land on my team. Yes. Um, so like I have him behind Matthew Stafford, Kirk Cousins, and, and Carson Wentz. But I have him at the top of my next tier uh, because, and he potentially could move up now. But at the same time, there is still the risk uh, of him coming back from the injury. Is he 100%? And do you want to? That, that's where my trepidation comes. But I, I'm, I'm hopeful in most of my leagues, and that that he does fall. And I'm actually in, a, in one of my keeper leagues where they can vote people off. He's going to be a guy I have exposed at an auction salary and a $200 salary cap at uh, $20. That's a, that's a prime hit. But I have a feeling that they're going to vote somebody else off my team just because they haven't seen him play in so long. What do you this this survivor league? No, it's uh, it's a, it's 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 a key, it's a dynasty league with auctions. But the way that it, it, they make it interesting is that you get two players you get to protect every year, and then everybody gets to vote one player off of every team, and whatever the aggregate highest vote total is, that player. Aggregate is the word I was looking for earlier. No, oh, it came out. Thank you. Usually I uh, have a hard time with these words later in the podcast. We could be screwed by about hour two here. Um, all right, I love it. So let, let's talk about let's talk about your tier three stag party. You got cousins, 
Luck, Carson Wentz, Deshaun Watson, and Matthew Stafford. Let's talk about that little that little grouping because I think that's like for me that's that last batch of guys that I'm willing to move up a little bit and take. Like you said, there's a lot of there's the depth of quarterbacks un, unheard of right now. You know, you can you can get Matt Ryan as your 14th pick, uh, 14th quarterback gone, and I like it. I but like you're Stafford. Making, but you're making a great point here because this is the at this break. This is okay. So figure if you're a 10 team league, we're not really talking to you. We're talking more of the 12-teamer, 14, 16-team leagues because this is, uh, as you're going through for him, ends at number 10. And, and that's truly where it is. Like It's like if you want to wait on quarterbacks, uh, and there's a lot of people who go with that philosophy, but then the problem is that there becomes the run at some point in time. And the last thing that you want to do is be caught one player outside of that run. And, and I agree because um, the players that I see from 11 on, and it's interesting uh, I don't have the numbers on, on Wheelers, but uh, you and I both have Phillip Rivers as the 11th quarterback, and I do see that as a difference between him and Stafford. I don't. <laughs> like, at this point, after you get to about QB5, you might as well just lump it into one big tier from, I don't know, 6 to 20. I don't, I don't see that much difference. Maybe that's a little bit of hyperbole. Maybe it's 6 to 15 or so uh, because the guys, like, if I have Kirk Cousins, Andrew Luck, Carson Wentz, Deshaun Watson, and Matthew Stafford, they, they've each got a little bit of questions, but they each have sort of weekly top position week upsides. I think that also happens with guys like Phillip Rivers, Roethlisberger, Matt Ryan, Marcus Mariota, Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, and even some guys behind that that have that uh, uh, potential to be like 50% of games. So here's my thing. Here's my thinking. Because the guys like Stafford and the ones that you guys have in the higher tier, I believe this, and I think that there is a difference. You can't lump my guy. I agree with you. uh, Is that those guys have better consistency. Okay, so for for the most part where I feel that on a week-to-week basis, I'm not going to get as many dogs. Now, the same t- time is when you're talking about the Philip Rivers, the, the Ben Roethlisberger's, and like maybe even the Matt Ryan's, they have the potential to give you that huge 400-yard uh, week or a 360-yard three-touchdown week uh, where maybe Stafford's only giving you like at his high end a 320-yard and three-touchdown performance. But I'll take the consistency over the, the choosing which type of a week. And so I, I definitely feel with those guys that you have 10 and above – I feel more comfortable, and especially, and I'm in all 12, 14, or 16 team leagues. I want to have that level of consistency for my quarterback because they do score the most points. And there is not a ton of difference as far as as long as you get one of those guys. Okay, so you score two more points a week than me, but I'm going to beat you on these players. But you got to have that. If you have the quarterbacks that you go in and you're getting negative six, negative seven points a week, that's a lot of points to make up from the rest of your other players on a weekly basis. I completely agree. Let's think about it. I mean, I think, in all honesty, the wonderful thing about waiting on the on the quarterback situation is I, I think I agree with Stag Party that you can lump them all together, but if you're going to take that approach, I feel like you can lump every, every, you know, 20 of them together because last year Alex Smith was the third uh, was the third overall at quarterback. You're going to tell me that anyone had him? He was undrafted. He, he, was, he was a free agent in almost every league. He was on my waiver wire from the beginning of the year. Yeah, I mean... Jeff uh, Jared Goff was uh, was outside of the 20, 20 picks. Uh, you know he was only twelve. But I think these guys, and you're looking at the list again. There's going to be uh, outside of our my first five tiers. There's going to be two guys that are in the top ten. 
No question about it. I don't know who they are. That's the beauty of fantasy football. But here's the other beauty part. Like, Alex Smith ended up number three, and he was a waiver wire guy. Why? Because remember what he did in that first week of the season? Uh, with Tyreek Hill, it was like, what was it, like, almost like 400 yards? It was like the most ridiculous I know, but, but, but especially like that one, so like people who jumped on him, they didn't get those points. Yeah, that's and, a good point. You know, so. I, I think in, uh, I think there's one thing to be said that you guys would both agree, and that's the difference between like the second, I, I had it in my draft strategy, the difference between the, the second quarterback I'm going to go to it right now. Um, and, and the 10th quarterback, it, it's, it's just so insignificant. Well, that's the thing. That, that you're just like, you're sitting there and you don't know, you don't draft a player where their final season tally points, so it's it's kind of uh, Everything's fluid. I mean, this is, the, this is why fantasy football is such a week-to-week game, and this is why you can start a season as a fantasy owner uh, being one and four, and you can still end up having the best team and, and turning everything around. You know, it's not. It's if it was as easy as that, then then that's kind of like playing old roto style uh, uh, baseball, right? Okay, I'm just I'm just going for all the totals at the end of the year. I know this guy's going to hit this many doubles. You know, he may be soft now, but it's going to come back. You know, the people always play to their card. People don't play to their card in football yep. because it's a year to year, week to week type of a game, and it's game to game. So, it, it, it match up to match up. Well, here's what I here, I agree. Here's what I was gonna say. Last year, Cam Newton finished at QB two. He had two hundred ninety-eight points. Dak Prescott was QB ten. He had two hundred sixty-one. So that's a thirty-seven point swing. So that's the thirty-seven. Other, now that's also up for sixteen weeks. That's also up for sixteen weeks. Not not the thirteen weeks that we talk about as far as regular season. So that makes a difference too, because that's a difference of two got, points a week. Yeah, gotcha. Uh, I'm just saying, in, in, as opposed to why we're, or part of why we would like to hold off, or why I like to hold off on quarterbacks right now with all this, all this depth there, is that that swing is not, is, it's not as significant when you get over to, um, when you get over to, or no, it is, it, yeah, it's not, it's more significant when you get to running back and wide receiver. So, Let's I think go that, talk about your tier, and then we'll move on to another I, th- I think that break happens uh, where you think it's a QB2. I think it's more a QB5 mm-hmm. to sort of QB15, and that line gets smoother. Uh, so, like, I think last year Kirk Cousins had, like, 270 fan- 275 fantasy points. Jared Goff, was the 12th, Jared Goff was the 12th quarterback, and he had 255. Mm-hmm. But he played in 15 games because they held him out. So that's where it really gets, and in projections, like the fifth through the you know twelfth, fifteenth quarterback are all really tight. Maybe it's six or ten points in your projections. So you're really just picking off a preference. Uh, and six, then, six over the whole entire season. Yes, yeah, six Not points a week. Well, six it, points it, it, over the entire season, and then you're really looking at injuries. That's going to be a differentiator. You know, a couple of those guys are going to get injured. And, it, and then that's going to affect their final end of season rank, but really they play at the same level as a lot of these other guys we're talking about. Really. Well, this is why it's always really smart to look inside the numbers, right? Because if you, you know, the smartest number to look at when you're trying to judge last season stats is not final fantasy points; it's fantasy points per game. When you played, how many points did you score? You know, because we can go back to. Uh, Gosh, what was it? That was like, a big dog thing think, always. You and dog like, were always huge on the point. Think about this. Game. What was it, 2013 or 2014? Was it, or, or maybe even 2012, when Maurice Jones-Drew finished as the uh, leading rusher 
And the person who, I can't remember who had to leave, but they got hurt. And they, they went out in like week 10. And Maurice Jones Drew didn't surpass him until like week 14 or week 15. Probably Adrian Peterson. It could have been. And, and, and so at that point, it's like, yes, Maurice Jones Drew, you can say, was the best running back. No, he was just kind of the most consistent. The best running back was this just guy. the guy who was there all year. Yeah. That's right. And that was the same thing that happened with Devontae okay. Freeman the year he was number one. I think that was now three or four years ago. That was the same thing. It's it a weak like, number one. It's almost like the survival Plus, of the that was the weakest number one yeah, for running backs pretty much ever. ever. Yeah. And ever. last year, we'll get to it, but last year's wide receiver number ones, when you look at it, as De- De- Hopkins was a weak one. Well, what, this is what's hilarious. You know, the, the, the tangents to other discussions. This is what we do, and this is why we go three hours. But you, you think about how the NFL changed. Remember we were talking back, it was that draft class, I think it was the 2013 wide receiver class, right? Was that the one with the, uh, the four or 5,000 yard receivers that came out of the class? But tell me again, I think I mentioned this on a previous podcast, that over the last four years, you can't really name more than four wide receivers that have truly been impacts that were drafted. And there have been some highly, highly hyped guys. Like Amari Cooper is like pretty much one of the only ones. Mike Evans is the other. That namely beyond those two, and, and that were highly t- like T.Y. Hilton. Okay, but no, that was the, those, those were all from those. Those, those, those are all. Those were all. Okay, so these are all right. Maybe anyone knew Amari, that was Amari is the, is the guy. Evans was a year before that. But yeah, Amari, Evans, was, Amari was in the Evans class. Evans was with Odell. Odell. Okay. And Jarvis. Amari, and that's the major class. Amari, though, was in the class. Was the only the last. He's the last man standing because he was in the class with Kevin White, with Rashad Perryman, with yeah, like, all these other guys that were supposed to be great wide receivers mm-hmm. and never actually formulated into anything. And since him, we have yet to see. We've had the John Rosses of the world. We've had the Josh Doxons of the world. These wide receivers just haven't given it to us. Mm-hmm. Mike Williams who's hurt this set the earth thing. So. Yeah, they've fizzled out. But uh, back to that points per game thing, if you look at the fifth quarterback in points per game last season, he was at 18.6. Uh, the 14th quarterback was at 16.3. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about that two, two and a half points a game difference. And at that point, it's a little bit negligible. So, that's so tell me why, this, though. What was, that's why it could be a little bit of a Tell me what tier. was one through three, though. What were the top three? Because this is... Well, Deshaun Watson in seven games was 23.6. Okay. Uh, Russell Wilson, 21.5. Carson Wentz, 21.1. Okay, so even still there from number one to number five, or number 20, 15, or whatever you said, 20. 14. 14 is? Five points. It's not, you know, it's, 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 but it's not as huge as it can be. Yeah. When you're, like, having to be forced that you went uh, a, a quarterback in your draft and you went wide receiver heavy and you waited on running backs, and now the top running back is scoring six more points than you in that position. That's a major, major hurdle. Yeah. As far as tiers go, in the third tier, uh, for Stags, it's pick uh, eight. And for you, it's pick seven. For me, I've got them way down. You know, it's just kind of what I do. I'm a little worried about them. Carson Wentz, you guys aren't worried about this injury? You're not worried about, um, oh, I'll be ready week one, maybe. What? Talk to me about that. Tiers, you got them in tier three. You got them in tier three. Maybe I'm making a statement. I've got them down in tier four, but I'm I've got them significantly down, like you know, in seventeen. Not worried that they're not just going to take their time with this guy when you got still got you know Foles there. Is a, Foles is injured himself. I know, but I know, <laughs> this is the point. You'd rather have him injured. We go off of current. We're going off of current news, and everything that we were seeing out of Carson Wentz is indicating that he's most likely going to play in Week One now. The other thing is, if he does play in week one, in week two, and week three, 
Do I expect him to be doing everything that he was doing before he got injured with the crazy running and all that? No, and I expect them to probably curtail the offense, and so that's why for me, uh, I have him further down at number seven because he is a guy that I think could be hovering in that four to four to five range at quarterback if 100% healthy, but he's not going to be 100% healthy this year, and they're going to take time in order for him to get there. But he's a smart quarterback, and this is the one thing too. He also has just great instincts. When you saw the way that he could just anticipate guys coming off your back, off of his backside, and quarterbacks either can feel pressure or they don't. And the ones that don't get murdered, and the ones that do just make you go, holy crap, how did he get out of that? And he did that at least once a week. So I look at that ability and, and Doug Peterson being smart coming from the Andy Reid uh, uh, tree, that they're going to go major more West Coast, get the ball out of his hands, don't expose him to a lot of things early, which means that he's probably not going to take as many deep shots in games as you would maybe expect from him. But, you know, that still may mean he still takes a shot a quarter. My feeling that I'm going to throw it over to you, separately is the reason why he was so amazing, why he's been so amazing in his first two years is because of that elusiveness, yes. But the way that he can just pull the ball in and take off and start jettisoning for 25 yards and run out of bounds, not take the hit, I feel like this injury is going to be in the back of his head for year one, for this year. I feel the same way about Deshaun Watson. Um, and I just feel like all the great things that you just said are kind of frozen a little bit right now until he really knows what he's got. He's not going to be playing in the preseason. He's not doing anything right right, right now. Uh, you know, I guess he's running and throwing, but it just seems like to expect that he to expect that he's going to be his, himself again, no matter how much they hold him back, no matter how quickly they get the ball out of hand. That's kind of counterintuitive to what made him great to me. So, Stags, what you you got him high? Um, I trust both of your opinions on the dude. And here, to be honest, if we, he'll probably move up for me as we go as, in, in V four. But what? Tell me a little more on, on your thoughts on why you still have Carson in your tier three at, at eight. Uh, the guy throws touchdowns, and he's going to continue to throw touchdowns. Like, his 33 touchdowns in 13 games, it was a crazy rate, and I think they've got the offense set up uh, with Zach Ertz for him to just distribute the ball uh, out to his playmakers. I think they've got a wide variety of uh, wide receivers, a lot of targets out of the backfield, a lot of targets at the tight end position, that I think he's just going to be a ball distributor. He's going to be that great point guard. He's going to be Steve Nash, uh, you know, of the high-flying Phoenix Suns. Uh, and, you know, his rushing ability, his rushing ability, 300 yards last season, no touchdowns. So that did, that added 30 points to his overall score. Now, you know, take off the 30 points from the 273, you know, divide that out of 13, you still get 20 or so fantasy points. Uh, and it's and not that big of a difference. But wouldn't you also think it's logical to, to back your argument here that with 300 rushing yards, and even if he does kind of curtail, so say it's like down to 220. I mean, he's not, he's not going to be... No, 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 that's yeah. not my point. He's not going to go to zero. How often, thing. though, do you rush for 300 yards and not have at least one rushing touchdown? Yeah, I mean, he's like that's likely to change as well. I mean, or he could catch one like Nick Foles in the Super Bowl. Who fucking knows? <laughs> Those things sort of work out uh, in the long run. But I, I'm not really worried about Carson Wentz. I'm not really worried about Deshaun Watson. Um, Deshaun Watson's another guy who ends up tier three for me. I think collectively he ends up you know, in tier two, I'm a little bit 
just concerned about the math and how he can do what he did last year and replicate or well I know he can't replicate no correct it's like impossible right but where does he fall because he could fall a long way or a distance in between or you know somewhere even between the long way and the and the in between way well the way that I look at it for him and, and this is why I also have I have Deshaun Watson as my number five quarterback and I, and I have the belief in him because the weapons right I look at um, DeAndre Hopkins on one side, Will Fuller, who brings his uh, unique skill set as far as being able to stretch the field, <coughs> excuse me, uh, to the table. And I look at what they have at running back. You got you got an older vet. You got a guy who's just a consistent guy in Lamar Miller, but he's not ever really truly been that game breaker that we saw uh, potential from him early in his, in his career with Miami when he had the big 90-yard run. Um, we haven't really seen that since. So I think that that leads credence to the fact, although they don't have a fucking tight end, uh, that means he's going to run more. So that to me means more points. And I think that they understand, uh, you know, O'Brien, if he wants to keep his job, is all hinged upon uh, what Deshaun does. Um, It should be interesting, though, being in your second year now that people have game tape on you and know what your tendencies may tend to be. Can you coach him into being able to throw guys off of the tendencies, but I think with the playmakers alone and his legs and the lack of a, of a true stud-stud running attack, he has a great opportunity to put up a lot of points. Yeah, but if we're worried about Carson Wentz's legs, I'm worried about the shot. 100%, Hopkins. but again, uh, is everything that's telling me I'm worried is about that these guys, are these guys if, if they're ready to go, then I have to, and, and listen, if you draft them, you do have to maybe it, put in your head are you believing that they're 100%? I'm not. I'm, I'm believing that they can still put up great numbers at 85, 90%. And does that mean that I'm probably not going to, that I'm just going to abandon hedging my bet at some point? No, I'm going to hedge my bet a little bit. And it becomes, it's the risk versus re- the reward. And if I can get a guy who can give me the rewards of even within three points of a game of what Deshaun <laughs> Watson was doing for a period of time there, I'll take it. Right, you know, a guy's going to give me two touchdowns a week. He's going to rush for uh, thirty yards. He's going to he's going to do. It. I'll take it versus the guy who's just that that steady producer. And I'll draft another guy. And I'll draft maybe one of the guys uh, at the early end of, of the 12, 11, 12, 13, 14 at quarterback to protect the investment. Right now, Deshaun Watson's uh, ADP is he's a number two quarterback. Wow, that's that's the part. Well, overall pick, and I know none of us would would he won't be on our team. Would, would be on our team. Yeah, but I just want to make sure that we, we just make it clear to the listeners. Like Deshaun Watson is an awful value there with that offensive line coming off an injury. I don't care how good you think um, you know uh, uh, DeAndre Hopkins is. I don't care how much you love the Texans. It's terrible value that right now. Uh, Roger Aaron Rodgers is going is twenty fifth overall. So essentially, if you're in twelve man leagues, the first pick of the third round, I could it, I could see if you think that he's going to get that forty, that fifty, that unbelievable explosion season for a quarterback, that pays off. Might not could get injured again. It's just that's fantasy football. Deshaun Watson at the fortieth pick, meaning you're drafting you're drafting him at the end of the third round, or uh, yeah and. Yeah, end of the third rounders. So in the middle of the fourth. Middle of the fourth, sorry. Uh, it's it's a it's a bad pick. With this much with this many quarterbacks 
And the fact that we just don't know how that offensive line, as Charlie Don't Surf used to say, turnstile offense line, amongst the worst in the league, uh, had uh, Pyromaniac Mo had a uh, offensive line pyro podcast light show with John Tuvey two weeks ago. And he was basically like, this is the worst offensive line in the league. The guy's going to be running for his life. Um, you know, the reason why Watson was so awesome is because he was able to buy time and he was able to figure out a way to chuck some balls really far down to Fuller. He's not going to have that, and he, his knee's banged up, so he's not. they're going to want to not make right. him be the next RG3. It's just not going to be a good season for this Well, no, no, it, it doesn't discount. I love it, it doesn't discount anything that I just said. It, just, it doesn't make him a value at number two, which is why we all have him further down. Now, here's the other thing. DeAndre Hopkins, uh, in standard uh, amongst the consensus of all of the fantasy experts out there, is the number two wide receiver. Now, here's what's interesting. Between the three of us, uh, Wheeler has uh, Hopkins at number two. D-Rex, you have Hopkins as your number four. I have him as my number three, and you have him as your number three. So I think we're not we're not buying that Kool Aid like everybody else is, you know. But look, look, we're in one spot. Like I know, but it's not saying like we're going out here balls on the table. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, really, fucking. To be honest, no, I but, but, but here's the thing. <laughs> to me, it's it's there is a lot of difference in the top four. When you're talking Antonio Brown, Odell Beckham, DeAndre Hopkins, and Julio Jones, how you do your separation, I finally have separated myself from my love, which is why I have Julio Jones at number four. Because at this point in time, if you haven't scored any, ever have the, 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 the multiple 10 touchdown seasons in your career, you ain't going to have it now, and I'm not believing that you're going to have it. Uh, as far as Odell Beckham, he's shown me that he can bring it. He's in a contract year. That's why he's my number two. Antonio Brown, how can you deny that this guy is the A number one? And DeAndre Hopkins, because of the fact that he gets his touchdowns, even if he has a down year, I feel he'll do better than Julio Jones, even if Julio Jones gets 1,400 yards. I would not. Okay. We're, we're gonna there go you back. go. I'm done with that. We're going to go back. Gotta, well, 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 Timing. Oh, hang on. Time means this. Oh, now you love the Ten Commandments. And yet you're the one who so conveniently forgot, thou shalt protect thy father and honor no one above him unless it be with me, thy sweet lord. So going to tier four of our collective, we've got Philip Rivers, Patrick Mahomes, Jimmy Garoppolo, Marcus Mariota. Uh, I think the most interesting and polarizing guy there is Jimmy Garoppolo. Of course, yes. By far. Yes. Because you look at his numbers in a small sample of games last year. He won all five. They had you know, one of the best offenses in the league in terms of points scored. Robbie Gold kicked more fucking field goals than anybody I've ever seen in my life. Um, and you know that offensive looks to improve with the players that they drafted this season. And they just look to be a little bit more cohesive and a little bit more with the Shanahan touch all over them. So now, is he a guy who's going to throw for 4,500 yards? Is he going to keep up that 35-attempt pace, throwing for eight yards a clip like he was? Or is this something that's going to even out? Because people there are just expecting you know great things. Uh, what I'll say is, I feel like it might be similar to your... Who knows? But... He's the biggest enigma. But it might be similar to that Russell Wilson thing you're talking about. McKinnon, people are high on him. Breida, uh, people are okay on him, but he might have to. He might have to throw his way out of a lot of games, and Shanahan won't be scared to do that with him. If he was able to make Goodwin, and he was, uh, he's able to make uh, actually 
Garcon was gone, if he was able to win these games and get all put all the points up with question, that kind question. of hobbled receiving core quick and question. a shitty uh, running back situation, maybe maybe they're just gonna hand him the keys and be like, all right, just do your thing. Quick question for you though: If it's not Shanahan who's the coach, coaching the offense, are you buying on Garoppolo as a top ten quarterback? There's I, mean, only, I don't have him as a top There's only one stats. reason why I'm buying on Garoppolo as that quarterback. It's the tutelage on a Brady. It's the time Aaron Rodgers-esque of sitting underneath, an all, at that point, an all-time, the all-time best quarterback in Brett Favre. And it's learning the ropes and how to be a professional and seeing that and day in, day out. It's effective. It's, it helps and not to have any pressure. And then all of a sudden he gets this opportunity and he sees this uh, kettle moraine of opportunity, and he fucking paints a masterpiece. That's the only. It has. It so has nothing to do with Shanahan for me. Right. It has to do with that five game sample and what he did. And it could be misleading. He could be. He's like, like you said, he could be just a shit stain this season and be like, wow, that guy made had the best five games to make 140 million dollars ever. I don't think that, but it could happen. Um, well, but I but that's why I'm investing in him is what is that limited opportunity in San Francisco. Okay. When I Not because of Shanahan. When yeah. I think of him, I'm going to go so old school that nobody that, that listens to us is going to know my reference, but it's the pit and the pendulum. Uh, I, I look at, at, at Garoppolo as being the either end of the pendulum as yep. far as where it can be and death lies underneath. Okay? <laughs> uh, so the, the point being that, yes, he could have hit that apex and he could be amazing and all these things could work out. But the problem for me is that there are too many question marks in order for him to get there. Because the other thing that was a small sample size of the success last year was Marquise Goodwin. Now we do know that he has world class speed and we know that he has that one trick in his bag. Does he have two or three other tricks that he can also uh, rely on? Now you're also counting on potentially the growth of probably the best player that also has the potential to help him in the passing game is tight end George Kittle. And he showed a lot and, and did a lot as a rookie, but, you know, I'm an Iowa guy. I'm wearing my Iowa hat right now. George Kittle was a, a, a very good tight end for Iowa, but one of the things that he doesn't have is, is dead breakaway speed at that He's position not that. to run away from to run away from linebackers. So he becomes more of that possession type of a guy for you. So Pierre Garçon, now you're also now relying on an older guy in order to hit, and he's had injury issues. So is he going to stay healthy? Is he going to stay healthy? Now hold up. You know, I'll go to Jarek McKinnon. You're bringing in a guy who has the uh, opportunity here that he never truly got in Minnesota. But one of the things, if you remember, he was like my favorite guy when I was looking at all the tape when he was uh, uh, coming out from Georgia Southern. That because he did everything, but he was undersized. Is he going to be able to handle the workload? And if he is not, then you have Matt Brieta, who has also not proven that he's able to do it. So I just look at this. And, and if I'm going to invest as a top 10, this is why I have him as my number 16, is I can't confidently, unless I'm 100% drinking the Kool-Aid, walk into my season and go, Jimmy Garoppolo is my number one quarterback, and I feel confident about that move. Here's what, here's what I'll say quickly, and I'm going to let Stags go. He's, he's still outside. He's not a top 10 pick in ADP. No, I know. So he's when you're falling, falling, he's the 11th. He's so what's that? I know, I know, I know. But when we're talking about him versus a Watson, it's a huge discrepancy. It's like Watson is like number two. He's after Rodgers, which is a joke. At least, at least I feel confident. But where I'm seeing Watson has better skill players. Jimmy, I'm sorry. Where I'm seeing Jimmy, I'm confident that I. Here's a question. Here, let's do a test. 
Ben Roethlisberger or Jimmy Garoppolo? And I'm not looking at your tiers. I'm just looking at ADPs out there. You look at your tiers. Ben just off, off, off your own. Off your own. It's your own bed. Okay. Weapons. Uh, Goff or Jimmy G? I think it's Goff's Jimmy a G. bad conversation. Anyway. I'm Jimmy G. Okay. Uh, Matt Ryan or Jimmy G? Matt, Matt Ryan. Ryan. Okay. Uh, Mahomes or Jimmy G? Ooh, that Garoppolo. one's close. Like, but I think I, I don't know where I have. Stafford I, or Jimmy G? Stafford. I told you I wasn't sure. I just looked at my tears. I have uh, Mahomes one behind Garoppolo. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, that, that, I was like, that one's something. I'm not sure what I have. I like a little more, but yeah, okay. So, but that's all I'm going to say is Jimmy G is sliding. But while, while Luck was, was our biggest riser, Garoppolo was my biggest faller from. Uh, Tier version one or version two version. Yeah, one. I think for a lot. Of I mean, I think a lot of people have been. I mean, I think early in the off season, Garoppolo was like the seventh or the eighth quarterback off the board, and then there's been a lot of hot hit pieces against him. Where yeah. it's like, hey, you guys are overdrafting this guy, so his prices has slid, you know, throughout draft and throughout time. Uh, but Gar- Garoppolo, we talk about the weapons on an individual scale. We also don't know what he is as a passer in terms of statistics. Like, we could think he's going to pass for, you know, three th- uh, 300 yards a game and be a 4,500 to 4,600 yard passer. But we also don't know what his yards per attempt is going to be. Uh, because we have we don't have a real full profile. We don't have we don't know what his touchdown rate is. Because you looked at last season, he threw seven seven touchdowns to five attempts uh, to five interceptions. So there's a lot of there's a lot of people over projecting in my mind. I agree, but I will say he's moving down to a point where it's 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 kind of evening out. So before well, we're gonna, we're I, know, gonna I know we got I know we gotta do a break, but one of the things too I think that would be great to talk about as far as like quarterbacks when we come back. And we're gonna well, we're gonna make it quick. I know I know, I, know but I, I, I agree, but we need to talk about like the the Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, I got some things I'll point out to you. We won't well, no, well, like him and like Jared Goff and like these guys who are the, the okay. second year quarterbacks. Let's have a quick five minute conversation cool. about them. And then we'll get to the other stuff. Cool. Excited that this is going to be our first uh, little announcement on this. But we've uh, kind of partnered with a, uh, a, an exciting new company and a startup uh, that's, that's coming out this year. And it's Squad QL. And we're excited that they uh, chose the Pyro Podcast to have a, a partnership with us this year. Houdini, give us, uh, give us the lowdown. All right. So do you want an unfair advantage to dominate your fantasy football league besides Pyromaniac? Well, you want the interactive thing that you can use? Well, look no further than Squad QL. This is the only mobile app you need to crush your friends and rivals this year. Squad QL recommends the best starting lineup for you each week based on your starters, bench players, and free agent pool. You may ask, how does Squad QL actually do this? Well, the app connects directly with your Yahoo, ESPN, and CBS leagues, pulling up your actual roster and your league scoring system. So, Squad QL knows your league. This is very, very key as far as us here at Pyro are Houdini's concerned. Hitting the Houdini uh, checkbox. This is the way it goes. So Squad QL provides uh, waiver and trades recommendations, plus the app gives you uh, player rankings each week, and it's all based on your league settings. So Squad QL truly is your go-to app this fantasy football season. Head to squadql.com to download Squad QL. Your all-in-one fantasy football manager, Scott Squad, okay, Squad QL, 
is brought to you by the creators of RotoQL. This is big names yeah. here, people. The leading daily fantasy lineup optimizer trusted by 100,000 DFS players. You can also download RotoQL for, uh, for free for both Apple and Android. So listen, if you're out there and you're really trying to find that, that ultimate optimizer based on your league scoring system, SquadQL is a place to be. Nice. I like it. Good read. That'll be uh, one of many, and we're psyched to partner with them. And yeah, it, it, it's cool. Like I like any system that's going to help me look look at who's available. I'd be like, you should pick this guy up and play him over the guy I have. Like I'm an expert, and sometimes like you know what? You're right. I did. Uh, you know, I did you know what? That. I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait to download the app and try it week one and and, and yeah. see how it works. So, well, I've definitely used the Roto, RotoQL. Oh, is this, this, the is, this is the top knowledge in the game. I mean, RotoQL, RotoWorld, and all these guys, these guys know their, their fucking shit. So this is where I, I, I trust this one. This is, this, is, this is something that I'm really looking forward to seeing how it uh, actually produces in the regular season, and I will be happy to give you my reports back. But I guarantee you, based on, on, on the brains that are behind this, this is going to be some good you're, shit. You're better than, you're better than fucking uh, Stur Howard Stern. You're better. At no, no reader. one's better than Howard Stern. <laughs> best, best live reader of all time, Howard Stern. Um, all right, let's quickly let's quickly talk about some more quarterbacks. Um, no, let's talk about we'll the second year quarterbacks. Okay, you got, right. you you set that. So up. We were touching on the Patrick Mahomes. So you got Patrick Mahomes. You got Jared Goff. You got Mitchell Trubisky. And is he going? By, is it, does he want Mitch Go or Goff's Mitchell? Goff's in the third year. Oh, he's oh, right. Yeah, Goff's yeah. in his third year. Um, okay, so. Yeah, it, last year it was, it was Trubisky, Mahomes, Mahomes, and Watson. 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 All right, so Watson, we all feel confident about, right? No, we don't. No, don't no. Well, but we have higher. We have a higher, and everyone has a higher level of expectation for Deshaun Watson than we do for Patrick Mahomes and we do for Mitchell Trubisky. So the question to me is this: because both of these guys are basically playing in the same system. If you think that Coach Nagy just came from what Patrick Mahomes is in right now and is installing that in Chicago. Who do you like better based on weaponry and everything that's going redraft? on? Redraft? Yeah, redraft league. I mean, Watson is in my tears, but... So, no, let's, no, I want to take Watson out. I want to take Trubisky yeah. and Mahomes. 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 I'm taking Mahomes the is, is going to be fucking awesome. You see so, that, but Do you see, see that back? No, that I, I listen, I, I, I agree with you guys. Do you see the I'm team playing, I'm playing devil's advocate here, though, because... Okay, then let us talk. Um, we said Mahomes, <laughs> and then you interrupt us. Uh, Mo, Mahomes, he's... Fucking winger, and the team's ridiculous, and his coach is ridiculous. And Reed, and he's—I mean, just the speed that he's got at receiver, the second-year running back that he's got in Hunt. I mean, it's just the best, probably the second best tight end, and it's insane what he's got to at his disposal. You know what else is insane though is is the pressure, and this is the one thing that you don't necessarily account for based on all the things that you guys want to tell me about the other thing. This is where Trubisky is coming to a team that has won 14 games over the last three years. But he was drafted higher. Doesn't matter. The difference is, what's the expectation for him? Is anybody in Chicago expecting the Bears to make the playoffs this year? Yes. Really? I'd say, I'd say yes. Uh, I'd more than thirty-five percent of people. Have you met Bears fans? Like, uh, they're yes, fucking, I'm fucking. Them. They're fucking idiots. No, I'm one of them, and, and the people who I'm talking to, season ticket holders, are not feeling that, my friend. Look, with Minnesota the way that Minnesota is, Aaron Rodgers being there, Matthew Stafford, and everything they have in Detroit, <laughs> no one in Chicago is truly. They're drinking the Kool Aid right now, my friend. 
They're they, drinking the Kool-Aid. They are drinking the Kool-Aid. Like, yeah, like, but, but it's oh, Kansas City a guaranteed It's Kansas City a guaranteed playoff. No. You're the host. Let they should be. They shouldn't be because they lost everything on defense. They, 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 this is a rebuilding year for Kansas City. It's a transition rebuild year. They made that clear. So they put all those expectations off. They're like, we don't expect to make the playoffs this year. So if Mahomes gets him there, then he's suddenly the fucking hero, right? And same way for Trubisky. No, but the difference is that... Go ahead. Go, let him go. Come on. Trubisky, everybody's out here, the Los Angeles Rams second year... Uh, try and vary. You get a new offensive coordinator and a new the head coach. That's going to be the turnaround for the offense. That uh, you get, you have your second year quarterback and you have an innovative play caller. Suddenly, you're going to be a, a turnaround team, a ten win team. That's legitimately things that are expected to happen. So you're telling me that Kansas City has Tariq Hill, they have Kareem Hunt in his second year, they have Patrick Mahomes who they're bringing up, they let Alex Smith, their perennial quarterback, go, and they expect this to be a rebuilding year? Yeah, that's a bunch of bullshit. Well, that's, if they did, that's, then they would have kept Alex Smith. No, no. Yes. The pressure, <laughs> listen, the pressure. I agree with him on the defense. No, because they, they realize, they have, they, listen, they got, how old gone for nothing. Look, Alex Smith, they got the best out of him, and they realized, look, Alex Smith is a guy that's a great bridge. He's never going to be the guy that's going to give you a number one quarterback and give you a chance to win a Super Bowl, so we're going to go somewhere else. It doesn't mean they're rebuilding. It means that, look, their offense well, is I, set. Their offense is set. You just said With Travis Kelsey, with Tyreek Hill, with all the weapons that they have, don't tell me that they're not loaded on offense enough to be able to compete for a a uh, division title and to go far in the playoffs. They are. Things fall right for them on defense. They are. Don't tell me that fandom that's been that same close and biting at the chop. Same thing for the, the bit for, the for the Bears. No. The Bears fans are just, a, we just want to see progress right now. The Bears fans are actually more like White Sox fans where it's like we realize that we're truly in a rebuild and we're really about a year away. Next year should be the we're year four that we're four years into a fucking rebuild. No, you're not because you have three years of, of the GM and they're not there. We know, I guess we, really know disagree. I guess we know your opinion on it quite adamantly. All right, so I say we move out of this position before we do so. What is hey, it? Hey, Romano. Houdini. Hey, brother. <laughs> Quick question. Out of your tears, right now, who is a guy that you can see moving way up or way down for version four? No one? Nobody. I mean, is there a guy that you think is a super sort of, sleeper? I like, I'm starting to, I like Alex Smith a lot in Washington because I think this offense is going to give him a chance to run more plays than he's ever ran before. He's going to have more pass attempts potentially than he's ever had before. Especially you, lose Dick, you, you lose Darius Geis, and you've now got fucking uh, Adrian Peterson as your main running back, and you don't think they're going to throw the ball like they've had to throw the ball for years under Kirk Cousins? I, I think Alex Smith, with his rushing upside mixed with uh, increased pass attempts, makes for you know an interesting late round, especially if you're in a 2QB league. He's a guy I really like targeting. I agree with that. Uh, what about you, Dini? Who's a guy that you think a little bit later in your tears right now, you're looking through and you're like, ah, I don't like it, but at the same time, you're like, either he could move high, high, uh, many points uh, between now and uh, version four next Tuesday, <laughs> um, or a guy that you think could move far down. You well, know, okay? I, I, we'll make it quick and then we're going to go to run. I'll, I'll just quick go a guy that I think could be one of those steals. It's kind of like uh, if I'm betting on Odell Beckham making his comeback, 
you know, for a guy that's probably going to go undrafted in most leagues, to be able to grab really? Eli Manning as my last quarterback with the with my last actual pick, I actually don't think that's a bad move. Cool. The one thing on Eli Manning, because it's fucking hilarious, Patrick wants him to complete seventy percent of his passes. So has he ever, has he ever come, come over like what sixty? Jack Tripper. Jack, Jack Tripper from uh, Three's Company wants him to. Pat Shermer. I don't know how you got Jack Tripper out of that. <laughs> Uh, I, I just, I, it must have been that train that went by. Um, I turned on the air conditioning. Sorry, so if there's a little hum in the background, my dog kept scratching at the door, and I just had to. They, they, you know what? With all the trains and everything going by, we don't have to worry. We can always run the air conditioning. Fair enough. Running back. We're not even going to talk about tier one because we talk about them all the time. Let's get into that tier. We all have tier one. Everyone's. Let's let's go to like tier three or four. I'll just say tier one for everyone in some different order is. Le'Veon Bell, Ezekiel Elliott, David Johnson, or Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell, Ezekiel Elliott, David Johnson. David Johnson, Ezekiel Elliott, Todd Gurley, Le'Veon okay, Bell. Okay, we get it. Okay. <laughs> and all of us have a different top four. Let's move on to the tier two, um, who we all have a different one as well. Stag Party, tell us about your tier two. We'll, me and Houdini will feed off that, and then, Dini, you're going to tell me about your tier three. I, I think it's... You know, Melvin Gordon, Saquon Barkley, Kareem Hunt, and Leonard Fournette. Uh, I like Melvin Gordon the most in that order because he's not battling a hamstring injury. Uh, Saquon did get bracked on the practice field today, but, uh, you know, still a soft tissue injury in the preseason. You know, for a running back who's expected to see a ton of work, it isn't the best thing for me. Uh, you know, Kareem Hunt, now that they've you know cut Charkandrick West today, I feel a little bit better about his third down role overall. Uh, and Leonard Fournette, you know, when healthy, I think he's a guy who can contend with Ezekiel Elliott for the rushing title because of that defense and because of the positive game scripts that they're going to be in. So those are sort of the hot my feelings on the guys. Do you have a different tier two? Well, so my tier two, which unfortunately in the... Uh, yeah, you have an extra uh, <laughs> numeral there. <laughs> all my tiers are off by a numeral, so my tier two shows as tier three in the draft kit. I apologize about that. I'm not going to change that. Pew, 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 pew. Uh, I have uh, Saquon Barkley, Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook. So I, I think my... And I have Leonard Fournette as my first and the next one. And I, so I think... And, and Kareem Hunt right after him and then Malcolm Gordon. So we're in... With these guys, the biggest difference though being Melvin Gordon. Uh, well, the biggest difference, eh, maybe Melvin Gordon or Dalvin Cook, who you're much higher on and mm-hmm. I'm a little bit lower on. Right. So, um, so let's, let's he's talk, in my tier four. So let's talk about those, player thirteen. So let's talk about those two guys. So here's here's my argument against uh, Melvin Gordon, and you can maybe give you give me yours, and then we can talk about Dalvin Cook. Um, I look at Melvin Gordon who has only rushed for over 1,000 yards once in his career, um, has never had more than 3.9 yards per carry in his career. And, and the, the saving grace, obviously, that he has is that over the last two years, he's scored 18 touchdowns. Uh, my rushing. fear... Rushing. I'm sorry, right. He's also been... Uh, six touchdowns receiving over the last two years as well. So uh, that's, that's been a big part of his game, and I think that's, that's really where... We saw the big increase last year as well. So he did everything last year. He, had, he finally had his first 1,000-yard rushing season, and he had his best receiving year with 58 receptions for 476 yards and four touchdowns. 
I'm looking at Melvin Gordon, though, still as, as a guy that if you can't average at least 4.2, 4.3 yards per carry, eventually you're going to start losing those those touches. And, and granted, they have the veteran quarterback, and, and they've been able to kind of sustain it, but I'm to a point with Melvin that it's like I don't think that it's going to get any better as far as his rushing ability. And so for me, that scares me to the point where if – the regression that we saw of two touchdowns rushing, they gained him in the receiving last year, so he's, he's actually had the same 12 touchdowns the last two years. If he drops to where I think he is going to drop to about eight touchdowns total this year, it scares me for what his potential output could be unless he just becomes a dominator as a receiver. Yeah, my, my thing with Melvin, basically, he's going to see big volume. You know, 200 or... 290 to 300 carries and 50-plus receptions. And they want him to be even more involved as a receiver this year. Uh, and and he's proven to be much better than anyone would have ever thought he would ever be at this level as a receiver. And, you know, so much for the rushing, who's going to take his job? Austin Eckler, who's like a mighty mouse. Justin Jackson, who didn't really set the world on fire. Um, you know, between his athletic testing and then time at Northwestern where he was, you know, successful, but he's still 193 pounds. We expect him to be a major cog in an offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just not something that I see. So I, I don't see anybody there who can take Melvin Gordon's job. Right. Uh, so it, it's pretty locked in. Here's where I'll, I'll lay on. I think it's top five offensive line. Um, really? River, Rivers, Yeah. Holy shit, that's been a big change. Yeah, no, they've, they've, come, they've come around. It, it, hey, everyone's got their own different rate, rankings on offensive line. Great offensive line. And the one thing is that hasn't had a, he was three yards short two years ago of, of In 13 games. Yards. In 13 games. In 13 games. games and 200, uh, whatever, 40. So was Devontae Adams. So was Devontae Adams. No, but you I, can't, and I if you him. don't get it, you can't claim yourself to be a 1,000-yard receiver. He's still a top 10, and he does it other ways. You don't have you know, Again, Kamara, I, I, I agree. Kamara last year didn't have a 1,000 yards rushing. Real close. I know. Real close. But when you can get it done in all the ways, um, you're. He also you're, didn't play until week six. Hey, I'm just saying, if you can get it done in other ways, you guys are the ones who taught me this. I used to go fully by, like, the 1,000-yard season. You guys were all like, the, the third-down running back. Like, why the fuck would I want a third-down running back when I can get a, a three-down running back? Right, and then I look later, and I'm like, oh, shit, you know what? You can't get all fucking bell cows. You can't get all. And then you pick these other guys, and you fill the team. I feel like Melvin Gordon... He's got. I like what Stag says. You guys, I'll give you the argument you didn't give against me that would have would have been the best argument against me. But I'll I'll be willing to even throw it out there as I'm trying to profess that I'm not thinking that he's going to get to the touchdown level. He doesn't have Hunter Henry to deal with either this year. That's a big thing that you guys didn't bring up against me. I would have brought. I think he's just scoring. I was bringing up an argument, right? But but I'm just saying this. I think that it still just becomes if you're ineffective, if you're, and, and this is where. But he's not, he's, he's not ineffective. No, 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 no. He's been top 10 the last two years. I understand. But top 10, you know, if you're the best in a, in a pile of crap, when all of a sudden good players start coming in and filtering into the league, where do you fit? You know, after each year you went from being a potentially a top four running back, now you're after two years you're the top eight running back, after three years you're a top 12 running back. That means that there's better talent that's coming in. But he's game. moving in the other direction. Well, look. 
He's going I, I just want to say five, maybe to three. Maybe, but you know, Dalvin Cook. Let's let's switch to Dalvin Cook. Hold on, before we do that, I didn't want to. These are my words, mother, from Army. The seal is for marksmanship, and the gorilla is for sand racing. Sand racing. So Dalvin Cook, you know, for me, I look at the fact that he got injured in week four last year. Um, what he was doing was was pretty remarkable too. Um, right before he got injured, he, he had scored uh, uh, was it two touchdowns in his last two games. Um, he had uh, the the game before he got injured. He had 97 uh, yards on 27 carries. So here I'll give you the Melvin Gordon. It was under. It was it's only 3.6 yards a carry, but he had five receptions for 72 yards. He was showing you the dual threat, and he also showed you the big breakaway plays. Um, and he scored a touchdown. And then the week where he got hurt, he had 13 carries for 66 yards uh, and a touchdown. We don't need the game loss. No, no, no. But the point is this. He's a dynamic player. He's had the time to heal more so than, like, when we're talking about quarterbacks, if a running back got injured in week 14, there's no way that they're playing by week one with a torn ACL. And if they are, the fact that you're thinking about anything close to them replicating what they are as a healthy player is stupid. This is closer, right? At least it happened earlier in the year, so you had time to have the whole rehab and you're not having to rush him necessarily back, and you can still take it slow on him early in the year. And this is the one thing that I will, I will say. When I have Dalvin hired, I'm still not sitting here going, you need to have a realization. Don't expect him unless he, get, he breaks that huge play or like has that, that just like rem- remarkable catch and a missed tackle. He's not going to get the workload that he's going to get later in the year. You got to give him the first five weeks of the season to kind of get his legs back, and then he'll become what he will be, which what we saw glimpses of last year. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to play this game. Who are you taking? Yeah. You're on the clock. I'm not looking at anything. Don't look at anything. I'm not looking at anything. Dalvin Cook or Leonard Fournette? I'm taking Dalvin Cook because I want, I want the dual threat. I want the dual threat. Kareem Hunt or Dalvin Cook? I don't. I, I'm not as much of a believer in Kareem Hunt, but that's you close. have got a lot coming up in injury. I get it. It was yep. earlier in the season. I and I respect that. But at the same time, you've been doing fantasy long enough to did, know that when did, you're drafting did, didn't guys, did Peterson have his best year coming off the ACL? Yeah, he, he did. Actually. Is Dalvin Cook Adrian times. Peterson? I don't know. He's playing for Minnesota. He's the new Purple <laughs> Jesus. But you know, no. you know what I'm saying? You've been playing this long enough where you draft, you, you're kind of high on some injured guys, where whenever that happens, let's yeah. be honest, I'm not talking about right now or whatever. We're talking about your fantasy career. Has he had any injuries in the preseason? Has there been any notes that you've had that say, Yeah, Latavius Murray is 1A and 1B. That's a big note for me. Because of what you said, though. Because at the beginning yeah. of the season, they're going to they're let him go in. So are you going to draft sense. Dalvin Cook in the first round if you know no, no. it's I mean, going to take it? But, I mean, you're saying he is for no, you. No, I'm not saying he's the first round draft. He's he's seventh, seventh overall. So in a 12-team no, league? In a 12-team league. You, that's not the first round? He, he's at the very end of the first round. But that's still the first round. I think he's what are you trying to do to me here? No, I'm, I'm saying in my first round, my first round my, my first six running backs for sure, 
Uh, as far as wide receivers... That you need a tear break. <laughs> right? Well, no, no. That's kind of where I was going. No, I no, no, no. Like could, 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 it all depends on where you get... Where you, I, the worst part about my leagues is I don't find out where I fall into my draft position until four days before the draft. So I, I don't... You I can't, in four I, days. That's better. I'm in one league, right? Well, because I the reason why... Before the fucking we draft, have to take four it. days because we do a lottery and whoever gets the first draw... It's not number one. And that guy gets to choose what position he wants to draft out of. And then so, we draft each other player, and they each get to pick of available spots. So Dalvin Cook is RB10 in Fantasy Pros ADP, which averages pretty much everybody. Um, and the 13th player overall. So is he first either pick. the first He's pick in the second round or the end of Fine. the first round? Yes. I, I, if I'm, and I'm gonna draft, if I'm at the end of the round in a wraparound 12, I'm going to draft Dalvin Cook and a wide receiver. 100%. Okay. Or I may draft Dalvin Cook and another running back. And Dalvin think, Cook and, 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 and whoever. So, my overall thoughts on Dalvin Cook is... I mean, Dalvin, uh, and Leonard Fournette. Then I, then I have my protection of the safe guy with my wrist. We got you. We got you. You like it. So, Dalvin, you know, I'm, not, I'm just not going to draft a guy who's injured or was injured in week four in the first round. Like, especially if we're expecting him to take it slow, to be in a committee with uh, Latavius Murray, with Latavius Murray potentially being the short yardage back... Uh, you know, if it's only the first five weeks, okay. But I'd rather have a guy I could trust through the first five weeks. To can get I ask you a tears question? Huh? Can I ask you a tears question? Sure. Because I have him that high, does that mean that I have to draft him that high? That just means I value him that high. If I know that I value a guy eight spots, nine spots higher than everybody else, does that mean that I have to draft him that high? No. no. That just means that when I draft him, if I have the number six pick, or number five pick, and he comes back to me in the second round, I feel like I got a first round value at a mid or late second round pick. So don't judge where I have them in my tiers as that I have to value. Yes, I value him as a first round potential, but if it comes down to it, fluidity is the whole thing too. I'm going to look across my tiers and say what makes the most sense for me to do. And if it's a rapper, I'm like, well, I get two, so I, I have that. I hear you, I hear you, Dean, but I think if you were, let's say maybe just, let's talk redraft. For okay. Not that well, these are all redraft. Okay. It's the only way I'm talking I about I feel like in a redraft, no, I'm not, I'm, and then we're moving on. I, I feel like in a redraft, you would take a Fournette or a Hunt over over a Cook, when on the clock, because of all the reasons you said, you're going to like, no, I'm going to know my Noonan, and I'm going to look and see... Where does where is he valued on CBS? If he falls and I see him as like five running backs down, and I'm on that wraparound, well, well, wraparound. Here's the thing: in a 12-team league, on my wrap, I either have to take him or I won't. So I, I mean, will. No, I will. So I will. But if I'm if I'm positioned at number uh, number four or number three. And he's coming back to me. He's still got two running backs ahead of him. I might wait and hope that I get him in the third round or whatever the case is. I just know I have him valued higher. It's a risk that I'll make during the draft if I want to basically be like, oh, if I could grab this guy now and if he falls to me just because nobody else is as high on him as I am and I'm not and I'm willing to take that risk and if I hit on it, boom, boom, boom. I agree with you if you're drafting at the beginning, if you got an early pick. And you grab and you grab whoever you grab with your first pick, and it's on the first four picks, and you're saying Cook's gonna come back to me. I'm pouncing. I agree with you there. Sure. But if you're but if you're at like the 10, 11, 12 pick, and you're saying that's my commitment and Cooks, then 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 you've got a lot. And of I will. And I have faith. That's what I'm saying. If I'm 11, 12, he will be on my team. If if all those other guys ahead of him are gone, awesome. he will be on my team at 11, 12. 
Uh, or if I'm at 11, or if I'm, uh, yeah, uh, 10, 11, 12. He'll, if oh, he's God. there in the we second got, round, he'll be my number one running back. We got it. Yep. You got anything else to say on him? No, um, I'm much lower. He's he's my 13th overall player. Yeah, he's your 13th. Our 13th overall running back. I'm, I'm 10th. Where, um, do you have, uh, where do you have Melvin Gordon? Gordon, I got Gordon. Well, we got to move on. No, 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 just a recap. Just recap. But I'm at, I, Gordon, I'm at uh, 7. He's at number 10 for me. Well, and I really like Melvin Gordon. This and, year. And, and, and I never had seven before. For me, so and yeah. I never had before. That's your recap. Um, all right, so let's go to let's do stags. Let's do a little. Where would you rather go? Would you rather go to that that Joe Mixon tier four ish, five ish, or would you rather go Joe? The tier four, real quick, is Joe Mixon, Lashawn McCoy, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, McCaffrey is a guy who's been rising after a big run in the preseason. <laughs> um, that's true. I, I still feel pretty much the same as I've always felt with him, though. Uh, that know. was the most. It looked that wrong. I'm with you. I'm not going to all of a sudden break, uh, change too much with him. But that was the most like Stanford games in college, where it was like everyone was kind of even with me. Had three dudes running. And he had a guy that had an and angle, he was and, and he was just, the guy had the angle. And the guy's like, "Oh my god, this little like." Bastards! Not, I'm not gonna get him. I don't have the single. I've got the angle. I've got the angle. I don't got the angle. That was that was most Stanford S. Yeah, I do agree with you there. Let's go to the next tier, which is probably the most interesting. It's tier five collectively. It is Jarek McKinnon, Alex Collins, Jay Ajayi, Kenyon Drake, Lamar Miller, and Derek Henry. I gotta tell you something about this tier. Yeah, go. I don't really fucking like any of them. Right. This is a point in the draft where I'm much more likely to draft wide receivers. Um, you know, I do like Jarek McKinnon the best, but he fell a little bit for me because of, you know, this injury he suffered in the preseason. Um, we, we talk about his, you know, unknown workload as a rusher as well. That can kind of scare me. Uh, if he's a 10 to 12 carry a game guy versus a 15 or 16, you know, it's just not the best. Um, you know the crazy thing about the whole Jared McKinnon, and I'm high on him. I like him. The whole injury thing, obviously, I'd say a running back, he's moved down for me the most. I had him super high. I'm a Niners fan. I think it was a perfect situation. But even the fact that now everyone's like, oh, he was never going to be a bell cow back or whatever, that was always known. It was always known that Burrito was going to have a, a big role in this thing. So that did, that never swayed me. What it did sway me is old uh, tricks rear their ugly head with this guy, and he's always got some sort of muscle injury right when you get pumped about him even when he was on the Minnesota and getting things done the minute that he was looking like the most elusive guy out of the backfield all of a sudden he's not practicing that week all of a sudden now he's not getting any time with the first team it's just like this is just the McKinnon thing he's a workout warrior he's kind of a somewhat of a beast and a freak uh, athletically but those 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 muscle injuries those lower body injuries they just kind of always seem to be a part of his M.O., and that just has me super scared. It doesn't, it doesn't change when the games are real. Let's and all this of a sudden, he, he knocks out 16 games. Let, let's, let's go back and put a little history to it. R- remember there was a great running back um, for San Diego that was hidden behind LaDainian Tomlinson for a long time, and then he finally yeah. got the opportunity when he went to Atlanta. The, the, the Senator. That was our uh, Michael Thomas. Or no, what's Michael? Oh, Michael the Burner Turner. 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 Michael the Burner Turner. That was the Senate Tower. And he, the difference though is you could probably, you, 
you, you could sense it, right? When, when Michael Turner went there, you're like, here's, he has the body. He, he is a number one running back. He was just literally caught behind the best running back in his era. And he happened to be just log jam where he didn't get the opportunities. And then once he did, he flourished in Atlanta. Now, Jarek McKinnon is an undersized guy who was a quarterback in college, who did all these things, but was the ultra everything, and molded into the player that he is, and he did it with a lot of effort and want. Was he a quarterback? He was a quarterback. Yeah, he's a quarterback. Um, he was, he was, that, he, 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 yeah. So the point is that you're putting all this emphasis on a guy who you're trying to basically, in boxing terms, step up about two weight classes. Because in, in, in football terms of going from being that third down slider running back who's about 195, 200 pounds to being that guy who can actually uh, take the beating. And what is McKinnon? Uh, he doesn't weigh 215 probably. And, and, and Which is amazing because when he came into the league, I swear. He was, he was 209. About, was 209 when he came in? Yeah. Uh, like five, he's much bigger than you think. He's 5'9". Five 5'9", nine. Five nine, right. He's like, so he's that bowling ball type of guy. But, he, but he's had the injury issues. So... We'll have to see. Why is it that they brought in Latavius Murray? Why is it that they brought in Dalvin Cook? Why is it that Minnesota never gave him the opportunity when he was in-house? And yet they loved him so much. Let's talk about a real world. Why is it that the 49ers brought in Alfred Morris? <laughs> Alfred Morris signed this week. Doesn't, doesn't sound like a great uh, vote of confidence for McKinnon. No. Um, here's, here's the other thing I'll say is that uh, Turner the Burner, that was... A star. That was a comet. He came out lights a flash in his year one, injured year two, year three. I think he's out of the league after he got traded from San Diego to oh, Atlanta. Look, yeah, that was like I'm with you that he he got his opportunity and was a dominator that one year. I think he finished like running back two or three, but he was Hang out on. of the I league. I think he was better for longer than you think. All right, let me, here it is. Let's I, I got a stats right see. now. Let's go. All right, so he got traded to Atlanta. Uh, from San Diego in 2007 and in 2000, or 2008 he signs with Atlanta. That year he has 376 rush attempts. Okay, I don't think he had more than 200 All right, rush let's attempts. let's go through. Let's go through fast. 1,699 yards. He got hurt the next year after 11 games and uh, but 871 yards. A year after that, 334 carries, 1,371 yards. Then 301 carries, 1,340 yards. By right. the way, 17 touchdowns, 10 touchdowns, 12 okay, touchdowns, so 11 touchdowns. What happened to that five? Okay, three years. The last year, 222 carries, 800 yards, 10 touchdowns still. So he was at Melvin Gordon level with a 3.6 yards okay. per carry. So he average. got four years. What happened? I'm wrong. I'm wrong. So he got four years and then five, year five years. Then he was done. Yep. Okay. Okay. You're right. He's I, I thought it was two or three. It was it was four. He was thirty at the time though. But by the time everything got done. Yeah. <laughs> Waiting so long. He scored sixty touchdowns with Atlanta in wow. those five years. That's impressive. That's impressive. That's twelve that's twelve fucking a year on average. Alright, to go back All to right, what you were, no, I love it. To go back to what you were talking about. Um, that McCaffrey, that McCoy. What do you guys quickly and then I've got a call, I've got another. We were talking tier. about that next Sorry, yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, let's go let's even bump I'll just say one thing. Derrick Henry, where, what are your thoughts? If you're on I'm the fall, clock, I'm falling on him. I'm falling on him. Derrick right Henry or, 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 uh, or Lamar Miller, who are you taking? God, I hate them both. I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm like what Stag said uh, earlier. I'm not drafting any of these guys. Lamar I want to. I want to draft a, a running back who's in that tier head, and then be able to wait for like two tiers and then grab three of them. You love Lamar Miller. Love. Yeah. Always have. I know you have. Plus, with Deshaun Watson. You know, he 
potential like 85 for 10 yards a game. Blue, uh, Dr. RPO was big for him. RPO will be big for him. When I was just doing those uh, depth charts, uh, Alfred Blue is their RB2, not Foreman. That's because he's going to be on Pup real quick. Foreman. Yeah. So he's done. Achilles uh, that, that helps you. Literally an Achilles. It's uh, the worst. It's the worst. Uh, so let's and, and not Brad Pitt from Troy. <laughs> I mean, he even got fucked over by the Achilles. Anybody that knows that reference is either a huge Brad Pitt fan or knows... Or an Eric, or an Eric Bannon fan. <laughs> <laughs> or a uh, Ridley Scott fan. Yeah, maybe. Um, so here's... I'm going to go to the next thing. Rookie running backs. Yep. We're talking about tiers. These, these are going to run across a number of tiers. But let's be honest. Tiers are awesome, but people want to hear this about This is a great thing. Let's talk about who do we so, like at rookie running back. Rookie running backs this year. You've got Royce Freeman. He's super high. Obviously, Saquon Barkley is everyone's darling. He's, he's, he's we'll all agree there. Saquon Barkley is our number one, yes. and that's fine. No question let's talk about the other guys. So Royce Freeman, Carryon Johnson. I love Carryon Johnson. Sony Michelle. Still out of practice today. Ro- uh, Ronald Jones II hates what he's doing right now. So far, he's Rashad. Been hold on, hold on. Let me put the names out, and then we'll talk about it. Rashad Penny and uh, Nick Chubb. Yep. And there's one more. No, there's not. And that's pretty good. That's pretty. That's, good. that's pretty much it. All right. So right now, our tiers. I'm just going to tell you our collective tiers have. Royce Foreman in tier six, at, sitting at uh, the twenty-third running back. Mm-hmm. We've got Carryon Johnson's twenty-eighth running back in tier seven. Yep. Sony Michelle's one behind him at twenty-nine, and then uh, Ronald. Uh, Ronald. I'm sorry. Ronald. 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know what? Hey, before we get to this, let's go ahead and take a listen to our sponsors, and then we'll Thank get back you. to Ronald Jones. <laughs> Bargain bastages. So I was. I guess I wrote. I read too much Ronald Ronald Doll or whatever as a kid. Ronald Ronald McDonald. <laughs> <laughs> Just to carry it forward, because while you guys listened to that ad, that was literally like four seconds for us. <laughs> you bastages. All right, let's back to the task at hand here. Rookie what running backs. What are, what are you guys feeling? All yeah, right. Just because you're making fun of me, I'm pointing to stags. Go ahead. First, and you don't get to interrupt. I'm done. Shut your pie hole for a minute. I think Royce Freeman, I mean, he's been the biggest mover post-draft of anybody in the league because he landed in a you know great landing spot with only Devontae Booker there to uh, contend with him. Well, I've been drafting a ton of Devontae Booker because I think he's just undervalued because he's still going to have a role. Uh, doesn't mean I don't like Royce Freeman and the things that he's done. So I, I think he's one of those guys that's like the back-end RB2 uh, with upside for more. But his ADP has been surging. Like, he's into the fourth, into the third round now. And that puts him up another tier with these guys like Kenyon Drake and Alex Collins. Uh, and that's where I don't know if I really like it. And it's, a, it's getting a little bit too rich for me. Right. So, so you're saying where – I agree. I think he of the rookies behind Saquon Barkley is the best option right now. 
Um, he's got the clearest cut role, right? Right, like, right. And because you know, Devontae Booker has been there now for a couple of years, and he's, he's only proved, you know, they, they like him, but he's never really been able to, to, to shine on the stage when he's had the opportunity. He'll most likely, as you said, still have a role on the offense, which is at the minimum is going to be as that third down running back and uh, a guy in pass protection. But Freeman, as we've seen in the preseason, they like what he does around the goal line, which is, which is good potential for him as well. Um, but I agree. When a guy starts getting pushed up just because of hype, it's where you need to turn and run away. And so you wonder where I'm turning and running to, but unfortunately, he has also got the hype train, is on Johnson uh, as the second running back that I think that behind Saquon Barkley I really, really, really like. Because, again, what's his path that stands in front of him? He's got Amir Abdullah, who's done absolutely nothing. you got LeGarrette Blunt, who got signed in. He, he's just there to give them a presence around the goal line and actually give someone they can give the ball to and potentially hammer away a game if they ever get ahead because they've never been able to do that. They haven't had a 100-yard rusher in what now? Is it like 20-something-odd games? So on Johnson is a dual threat. Dude is a beast from Auburn. I love what he can do in the passing game. Um, if you look at his, uh, what he did in the preseason game in the opener against Oakland, he just destroyed them. And if you look at the stats, you're not going to see it. He had a 57-yard run that was called back in a holding penalty that had nothing to do with him breaking the run. So I like what he's bringing to the table and the fact that everybody else in Detroit is what they are. LeGarrette Blunt's a runner. Theo Riddick's a receiver. Amir Abdullah is crap. <laughs> the problem is they've been giving Amir Abdullah a lot of first-team reps in preseason still. So they're not completely done with him. But that just gives you a chance to draft, you know, carry on Johnson as a RB3 on your team. And if he takes the role, he could be a little bit more. Um, so let me ask this. If you look at both Freeman and, and Johnson... Let's look at these two guys in particular. Because they're going to potentially be guys in especially 10-team leagues that will be on the waiver wire. Uh, and potentially, no, no, uh, Freeman probably not. But but for, but here's what will happen. What I'm saying is that maybe oh, he doesn't slow get starters. slow starters and they get dropped, right? And, and, and they find themselves on the waiver wire. At what week do each of them potentially make their breakthrough where – They'd go from a 46% owned to a 88% owned or 92% owned. Oh, owned, owned. I mean, it's going to vary. If you want to think about it, I'll give you a, a little bit of a Valverde. Are serious? Almost always. I was once called the worst audience participant Cirque Soleil ever had. This is a big accusation. Well, Michael, I did not find their buffoonery amusing. About my father. <laughs> um, I, I don't know if... I mean, that's like predicting the future and predicting exactly which well, uh, okay. well, I'll give you my... Like, I don't think they're ever going to be below 80% unowned because I think they're getting hammered and dropped. In drafts, people are all over these rookie running backs this year, and now that for good reason. And now that a few of them have been injured, it's pushing the ones who, you know, aren't injured up a little higher. I know. Could you know, you talked about how the rookie wide receivers have sucked balls. The rookie running backs haven't. No, no. no. Here, but here's the thing, though. Um, as the guy who writes your waiver wire piece every single year for the last uh, couple of years, couple of years, six years, I don't know. <laughs> 
couple times. When, when did dog do it last? I, 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 that was no, like, you're not. You get it. So good. the point is that what I find is that these guys are drafted, and after two weeks. It's amazing. They go from being 88% owned to being 42, to being 33, to being 18. Because the impatience of fantasy owners. No, no, no. But it's also the impatience of fantasy owners. This is always why the guy that ends up having the Alvin Kamara on their team from last year uh, that, that won it is not the guy that drafted him. Because maybe someone did draft him. But they always drop him because... Go ahead. I'm in rookie leagues. A guy drafted Alvin Kamara and dropped him, and another guy picked him up. And it's like a jump off a bridge type of situation. I was not the guy, but if I was, I probably would have jumped off that bridge. Um, well, you know what I mentioned earlier about my league that, that votes people off? I've been, in that league, I've been trading my rookie draft pick. This is the first rookie draft pick year I, I have a pick. Which I'm waiting still to find out whether it, it, the guy is going to keep Darius Geis and I'm at the number 10, I'm going to take Nick Chubb, or he's going to switch to somebody else and I'll take Darius Geis and, and wait because I can reserve him for Which as long as I want until I have two guys on my roster. But the reason why I, I, is that that league only has a one-round rookie draft. My other leagues have two and three rounds. So the point is that I don't worry when they do their one-round draft. Good for you. I'm still finding value every year because there are all these other rookies that are undrafted and then I'm working the waiver wire and I'm getting my couple years back Terrell Williams at $2 when he was, no one knew who the hell he was. We're going to find some value for other people outside. Tariq Cohen last year at a dollar off the waiver wire. I mean, it happens. Love it. Quick question to both of you, but I'm going to start with Stag. Go Stag. You can go for me. (laughs) Deion Lewis? Marlon Mack or Marshawn Lynch? Mm. Deion Lewis by like five rounds. I agree. Okay. I hate the other Deion guy. Deion Lewis or Derrick Henry? Deion Lewis. Deion Lewis. Derrick Henry. Deion Lewis. Depends on scoring. Yeah, if it's a touchdown only league, I'll go uh, uh, Derrick Henry. Deion Lewis. PPR definitely. Kenyon Drake. Ooh, I like Kenyon Drake. Same in my ranks. Okay. Kenyon Drake. So Aaron Jones, are you still feeling as good about him coming back from He's some, some right? off-field yeah, two, off two, two games? Two games. Aaron Jones, because now you got Jamal Williams getting a lot of buzz and even friggin' uh, what, who's the well, back maybe those qualified guy. guys that are like suspended, like Mark yeah. Ingram and that. Here, no, here, no, I'm gonna do them all. I'm, I'm doing. I'm kind of cup. I'm trying to couple guys together. Okay. Ty Montgomery, Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams. Right, I'll go Aaron Jones just for the fact that if I'm gonna draft one of the three, I want the guy who's gonna be there for me in the fantasy playoffs. Okay. Who, who's who, who's number two in the North? Jamal Jamal Williams. And then and then Ty. Yeah. I don't know. Jamal Williams is banged up now too. He's got he's got a thing. He's got an ankle. He's got a this that. I mean, it's it's week so to week, right? So it's tied out. I mean, he could be the guy who's there early in the season, and then Aaron Jones sort of comes in because I don't think they're going to walk away from him. But then they love everything that Jamal Williams does. They're. <laughs> It's going to be one of those situations that I'm probably not as invested in as I should be because I don't know which one the right answer is. Marlon, are you most likely to punt for you, fade on Green Bay running back? Fade all of them, yeah. Yeah. Carlos Hyde, Marlon Mack, or um, 
Uh, who's the guy that? I, uh, Tevin Coleman. Okay. Tevin Coleman. For me, Carlos Hyde goes on the downside just because I want a guy who's rising versus a guy who's falling and gone to the Cleveland Browns. So, which who also drafted a high running back with a rookie pick, uh, Nick Chubb. So, Marlon Mack, though, is also a guy who's sliding for me just because of what he's just can't stay on the field, can't, can't, can't do it. So, agreed. I'm Tevin Coleman because Tevin Coleman's a guy that, if anything does happen to Devonta Freeman, here's a guy that is a potential. Uh, per game, point, fantasy points per game, as we were talking, equivalent to a 1,200-yard rusher uh, with, like, 400 yards receiving. So Everyone hates Marlon Mack, and I know I was high on him last year's rookie. Luck's going to help him, though. That's going to help him, but Naeem Hines, who everyone was – he's fumbled four times That's in two games. Good. Not good. Uh, I know that Mack's got a shoulder injury and is hurt, but it kind of seems with Frank Gore gone – and what's Josh Ferguson's the other guy or whatever? Cut. Cut. He's got no... Is Jordan still in? Yeah, but he's suspended. For <laughs> where Marlon Mack goes, for where Marlon Mack goes, he's got, I'm not saying he's, he's going to be all-world. I'm not going to say he's all-world, but that is a guy that you can pick super late and it seems like everyone's out, especially the experts, that like, there just might not be anybody else. Jordan, and Jordan Wilkins. Wilkins. Yeah, that's so, the guy you need to watch out for. But the, here's the other thing that is you're saying. But all that's, it takes, a, that's like an end of the fucking draft pick. All it takes, it's, though, what Marlon Mack does well. Mack let's say, a, look, remember, who, who are the quarterbacks that were throwing him the ball last year? When all of a sudden it's him running a wheel route or something, and it's, and it's Andrew Luck just dropping it in the bucket, and he makes that 40-yard reception, and all of a sudden go, hey, everybody. We need to be drafting Marlon Mack. Get him on our team. And he'll be the guy on my waiver wire that is owned at 22% at the time and then becomes the Mack next Mack is going to be a late round pick for me. Just, he might be dropped before he gets No, but it's happen. upside. But just the upside. It's like, it just doesn't seem like the competition is there. And again, if his shoulder can be healthy and he can be back in the mix, I just, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not dead on him yet. What is it with shoulders and the Colts? <laughs> you got something you want to do over there? No. You want to pop something? No. Oh, yeah, I do. <laughs> Holla for a dollar. Melbourne. Everyone's laughing and riding and cornholing except Buster. <laughs> Let's uh, take a break here and listen to this. Again? Yeah. Yes. Again. We're trying, to, we're trying to make, keep the lights on. So everybody else wasn't saying so, shit. So wait. I said, let's listen to a fucking ad. Right, we, <laughs> we, we, did, we did a couple quick ads. No, it's all we're good. making it all hey, up. Many, they, only, they don't let me Yolo. put two ads within 15 minutes of each other. Right, the last well, one was 15 minutes. It was, close, it was close. If not, we just had a little break in the space so you could hear some uh, trains. All right. We know that um, uh, Geis is gone. Let's move on to wide receivers. Yeah, let's go to wide receivers. Quick question, though. Samaji Prime. Adrian Peterson. Peterson. Adrian Peterson now. Hold on. Chris Thompson. All day. Rob Kelly. Is there anyone there? Chris Thompson. Is there anyone there that you think that could be a producer? None of them are going high. Chris Thompson. Thompson. Because all of the other guys do the same thing. None of them do what Chris Thompson does. Chris Thompson is the only receiver out of the three of them. Adrian Peterson, what in his career? Has he caught 110 balls? How, much money, how much money did, did AP get? 
birthday. It got to be nothing. I didn't. I didn't even know that he got signed until you told me when you walked <laughs> in here. So. You, uh, no, I hadn't checked my app today, so it probably got to be like almost close to the, the veteran minimum or maybe get like $2 million or something. That was all I, I would bet. All right, we're moving on. Is there anything last minute that we should say, running backs, stay? Is there a guy that you think that could be that's super high on yours, that you're high on, or super low, that just could, if all the stars align, everything works out perfectly in a negative way probably for some other players that... Could be a running back that people should be looking out for. Come on. Tears or not, just give that one guy that you're like, can I, can I give my yeah. summarization of yeah. thing? Yeah. yeah. So here's my summarization. But it's got to be like a low. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm, not, not, I'm, not, I'm not even going to that. I'm not answering yeah, your no, question. No. I'm giving him time to think. Oh, got it. My summarization of how I look at the tears for running backs is that I got to have at least one, if not two, of the top 13 running backs that I have on my tiers. And then I look to pretty much kind of abandon the running backs until about running back 24, 25. And at that point in time, start adding, adding my, plugging in all like a couple quick three, four picks uh, and stocking and then going back to wide receiver. But, um, but there's a dead zone that I feel from, as we talked in that jerk, McKinnon, Alex Collins, J.H.I., Kenyon Drake, Lamar Miller, Derrick Henry. Um, Rex Burkhead, Deion Lewis, uh, Tevin Coleman. It's it's kind of a dead zone where it's like you're really not going to get the value for where you're drafting them at that point yeah, in time. I agree. And I like the guys that are after where I'm just like, I'm going to take three or four and I'm going to hope that one or two of them is going to really pan out the way I want. Um, but I think avoid that dead zone and make sure you have at least one uh, of the guys ahead of that so that you're not really looking on the outside in. Avoid your dead zone. Again, based on your league and your stats. What do you, what do you, anyone in there? If not, we'll move on to watch here. Peyton Barber looks good as a late round value. Jordan Wilkins, who you know could be the guy because he's not a midget like Naheem Hines and he's got a little more size to him. Didn't he up. get picked before Hines? No. Well, the thing, and the only thing would be Peyton Barber. So. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Pretty sure. Uh, but he's a rookie, right? Yes. So, yes. But Peyton Barber, I love Peyton Barber as a pick because everyone who's getting high on Ronald Jones, and he's, I think it's what he has, he has less uh, uh, yards than he has carries so far in the preseason. <laughs> Not a good stat. <laughs> so, Peyton Barber is a guy that you can probably feel safe with in your like first four weeks of the season. And this is one of those guys that I love to be able to uh, draft them late. Leverage their early success, sell them on the fact that you know that eventually this rookie running back is going to get some play into the offense. It's just a matter of time. So sell and get that trade value for him in the first three, four weeks if you can. I'm going with uh, Wayne Gallman Jr. Everyone's so fucking high on Saquon. He's going to get hurt, dude. This is another guy that just is always hurt, gets a little banged up. And Gallman has shown that he can kind of do it last year. Uh, late pick, just if you draft Barkley, draft that guy as a handcuff. Uh, he's a dude that you're going to be able to get basically one of your last picks. And I hope you're right. It, I, I don't, because I don't want I want Barkley. To be I have awesome. him in a keeper league in the 16 team keeper league on my on my reserve roster, and I hope you're right. <laughs> I want Barkley to be fucking awesome because they went with him on a second round pick, and I think he will be awesome. But I also think he's going to be one of those guys that's always like little banged up and they're like alright he's out this week same thing happened last year with Fournette you know Fournette missed some games alright we're going to wide receivers tears action 
We're, we're not even going to touch the top tier. We did it a little bit earlier. Um, we all know what's going on there. I don't think we need to spend too much time on tier two either, to be honest. Sure. I think it really gets interesting. If you want to kind of cover... Let's just talk about let's cover, who's in Let's those. cover who's in them, though. Okay. But I think, I think it gets really interesting in the tiers three through seven. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to... Stag party, I'm going to give you the first question afterwards, but I'm going to give you the collective tier version we have for wide receivers. In tier one, it's Antonio Brown, number one, Odell Beckham Jr., number two, DeAndre Hopkins, number three, Julio Jones, number four. Then we go to tier two, is Michael Thomas is number five, A.J. Green's number six, Keenan Allen's number seven, Mike Evans number eight, and Devontae Adams number nine. Uh, now we get into, you guys feel comfortable about all that? I, I do. Yeah, I'm fine with Devontae Adams more at the bottom end of that tier than I am at the top. Some people are, you know, pushing him up to be, he's going to be the number two overall wide receiver, and, you know, or he's a top five for sure asset. Well, hold on. That's where I'm a little uncomfortable. You can, you can thank the two other guys you're sitting here with because we all have him ranked as the number nine wide receiver on our tiers individually. I, and, I, and I love the fucking guy. You got Jordy, you go, you got Jordy a- gone. That's huge. With an Aaron healthy, Cobb Stags uh, tweeted Could be today, is the oldest fucking 28-year-old in the history of the uh, NFL. He, he that guy was at 23 was a 28-year-old. Um, and what are you really expecting volume-wise from Jimmy Graham? Well, you, I know he's a great red zone target. I know he's going to be a great chain mover. But are you really thinking Jimmy Graham's coming out this year and getting 80 catches and uh, nearly a thousand yards. I'm not. Here's the thing: if I look at everything and everything that you just said, I almost feel like I need to move Devontae Adams higher. But the problem is this: do we see Devontae Adams as a 1,400 yard or 1,350 yard plus receiver? Do you see him doing that? No, no. I no. think he's a 1,200. That's, that's touchdown right. always. It's touchdown dependent, and so that's the problem. Now the good news is. You're in the best offense for top three guys as far as touchdown dependency. The top two guys for the Packers tend to average about 14 to 10 touchdowns uh, between the two of them. About 24, 25 touchdowns between the top two guys every year. And then you have that third guy who's giving you 8, 9 or whatever. You know. So he's Des Bryant, in all honesty, with a quarterback that... Eh, without the crazy. With that quarterback that... <laughs> with this, well, without the crazy, but when, when Des had Romo, um, you know, Devontae's got Rodgers, and he's probably better, and they're probably both equally as injury-prone, but Rogers there's nothing to change with, like Rodgers, Rodgers, look, look how much this, these wide receivers have been interchangeable through Rodgers' career. But even with Devontae, he was able to get it done last year. No, no, but Devontae was a guy who nobody thought anything of when he came out, and Rodgers made him into what he did. So is it truly Devontae Hampton? And look, the one thing that is that if you ask all the coaches and stuff around Green Bay, they will tell you that over the last three years, even when Jordy Nelson was there and performing at his prime, Devontae Adams was the best guy that they had in practice, was the best guy that they had out there on game day making... We talk about practice? I know, yeah, and but in game day making cuts and doing all the other things is that he was just the best worker out there. Like he worked so hard because he didn't get those accolades when he was coming out. Now, now you got the accolades. 
And we'll see. Because the other thing is that I'm not worried about him. To be honest, he's in fucking Green Bay. It's a great situation. He look. came from I Fresno. I thought we were talking about these two. We're still I know. Let's go. Let's move on. We're still talking about Devontae. Stop. Okay. Let's move on. Fair enough. Fair Stop enough. Stop us. Thank you. But he's a guy. But that's that's like that's one of those. Um, Where do you want to go? Hold on. Hold on. I agree with you. We'll move on. But that's one of those event horizon guys. You're either like gonna take. You're gonna take him late second, early third, and he's gonna. Keep doing what he's doing. Or you're going to be like, fuck, I'm never drafting that guy again. And I think he's going to keep being what he is. I think what he is is what he is. Let, let's ask this. Let's here, move here, on. Here, here, the last question. Would you draft him as your number one wide receiver oh. confidently? Or are you drafting him reluctantly as a number or ideally as a number two? Reluctantly as a number one. Well, no, no, because if he's there available and you went running back, running back, and he's yeah. there, you're going to love him as your I, number he's one. He's not even making it into the third round enough to talk about. Well, that's my but but no, but if, he might. but if you have if you have a first second pick, you you, you might and you went right and you went right, you, then I, to be honest, maybe. I don't know. That's a great call. Devontae Adams has a higher ADP than AJ Green and Mike Evans. Oh my God! I would take. Oh, I love it. That means I'm going to get the players I want. <laughs> exactly. Okay. I would take Mike Evans and AJ Green over him in a minute. Alright. And that might not be right, but that's who I like. Um, quick question, Josh Gordon. Right now, for you, he's uh, number one in tier five, the wide receiver, eighteen. Um, for you, Deeney, you got him at 23 in Tier 5. For me, I think I probably have him a little bit lower, but yeah, I have him at, the, at 30 in Tier 6. What's going to happen with this guy? Is there anything that anyone needs to know? Are we all in the same place? We just have no back. fucking idea. He's he, back. Yeah, he but the leagues get cleared back and everything's good. Remember this... The league's all kind of fucked up. Yeah, this. with him more than any other player. That's why I'm asking. That's why he's at number 20. He had one drink on a private <laughs> jet and was suspended for a year. He didn't even smoke. I know he's got weed, and but he, he like literally had one of those cocktail fucking clear glasses of vodka, and he violated and lost the season. Is he back or what? Because right, he's still a top 20 wide receiver uh, as far as ADP goes. Yeah, uh... What are your thoughts? I'm asking the experts, not the fantasy pros. I think he's back in action. Like, I'm not worried about Josh Gordon at all, obviously. Like, I ranked him as a top 20 wide receiver. He's got wide receiver one upside. And people, oh, he hasn't done it since 2014 or 2015. Oh, but his five-game stretch was better than all but one five-game stretch of Darvis Landry last season. And you guys are fucking pole-smoking him. Well, I'll back back this up. Look, he's the guy for me that's moved up more in each version and who will probably move up again in my next version. I I, I have him at 23. I I probably could... It's just more info. I I probably could... Exactly. And and, and I could probably see him being, like, definitely ahead of... I have right behind him, ahead of him right now... Fitzgerald and Sammy Watkins. I can see that easily being, I'll put him ahead of those guys for sure. Uh, Marvin Jones is the next guy. That guy, I don't know. Maybe Marvin Jones is another guy who I might have as a mover going up as well, uh, especially depending on what we uh, really see about uh, on Golden Tate. So, Golden <laughs> Tate. I don't think I've ever heard you say, did you set that one up? Have you been working on that one? I, on Golden Tate? 
Did you say Tate or Taint? You heard Taint. I think I said Tate. Either way, that's pretty good. Taint's better, but it's still good. On Golden Tate. On Golden Pond, on Golden Taint, on Golden... That's good. Good work, good work. But Gordon Gordon has so much upside. Now, here's the other thing. If, if Des Bryant or nobody else gets signed there, I don't care. Even if Des Bryant gets signed there, I don't care. Because, like you mentioned, Jarvis Landry, uh, having more weapons, all that does is open up more opportunity for Josh Gordon to do what Josh Gordon can do because it means that he'll never see double, double coverage ever. And with the quarterbacks that you're going to have in – Tyrod Taylor to start, and eventually it's going to be Baker Mayfield. Once it, once it gets to Baker Mayfield, and if you're actually looking at this, from I'm going to draft for my fantasy playoffs, and I'm not going to worry that, hey, it's going to be maybe a little bit rougher under Tyrod Taylor to start, but once Baker gets in there, he'll probably focus it on me because I'm big time. I had the picture with me in front of a Bentley and a fucking Tiger on the fucking shirtless, just showing off. Like, did you see that picture? Of course. Like, I'm the fucking man. You know that he wants to make the big play, and that's going to be Josh Gordon. So when he comes in by week six, seven, or eight, if that's whatever the case is, when the fantasy playoffs comes, I want Josh Gordon on my team because here's also a guy who's been under a microscope, as you said, getting suspended for a year for having a drink on a plane. Fuck that. That was three years ago. Right. He's... And he's continually having to prove himself and reinvent himself if he wants his money, and he's going to do it. I'm going to play a little game, unless you got anything to say. Tyree Kill. We saw that play. I know we talked about him a little bit. Or Allen Robinson. Tyree Hold Kill. on. Okay, sorry. No, you like that? Okay, Allen Robinson. Tyree Kill, Brandon Cooks. Tyree Kill. What about you on both those? Tyree Kill. Tyree Kill or Amari Cooper? Depends well, on let, let him go first. Let me go first. And Amari Cooper. Depends on score. Larry Fitzgerald or all the players I just mentioned in the last year? No, there's, a couple, <laughs> there's a couple players I'd rather have over Larry. Larry and PPR, Tyreek and Stingard. That Tyreek thing is going to be just kind of ridiculous, but you want to know what it's going to be as well? It's going to be... It's going to be so feast or famine. We thought that last year and it wasn't. He, he's, he's, he's almost proven to be that, that one guy that's different. And it's not... It, yeah. Look, yeah. here's the other thing. I know where you're going. They always like, seem to be... No, no, You're going back to our memories of like Percy Harvin and these guys who have just like... They've shown it in uh, Santana Moss. They show it, the smaller guy, and then they don't do it. Yeah, he really seems to be somebody who's... Unique. He seems to be what who he is? He's the Steve Smith of his era. He's that little Diggs, guy. Diggs or Hill? Who you know what? Diggs. I, I'm, I'm telling you what, what I'm seeing from how yeah. Kirk and Diggs are, yeah, are getting nice. on, like Thielen is the guy that I, I think that so as we're talking about wide receivers here, he's the guy that probably is gonna fade down. I have Thielen higher than Diggs. I almost it, I'd say if it's standard, it might they might be right next to each other, but I think if it's PPR, I, I got digs about four or five spots higher. Does that sound right to you, Stags? I don't know. Uh, it's tough. Because it's weird. Like, with Adam Thielen, if Adam Thielen's my number one wide receiver and I drafted two running backs, I feel okay about that. Right. But if Diggs is my number one wide receiver and I drafted two running backs, I don't feel great about that. You know? But 
I mean, Thielen had less touchdowns than Diggs last year. Is that right? Yes. Oh, yeah. Nine to Thielen, four. Yeah, Thielen was a low touchdown guy. He just but he had 90 catches. Crushed down catches and, and had a catches nice yard. Which is so ridiculous because the year before, Diggs was the guy that was coming off of the waiver where he was getting 11, 10, 12. Yes. Diggs, Diggs the for the first two weeks of what? last season, I think we talked about it. I think he's the number one wide receiver. Right, with Bradford under quarterback, he, he, was, he, was catching, like, he was yeah catching all the passes. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, Thielen was good too. Because we're gonna, yeah. I don't want to move on quickly to tight end. So no, we're, gonna, we're gonna we're gonna stick a wide receiver a little bit, and we'll 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 rush through tight end. Um, Let's move down a couple tiers. I, I, I want to do that. I want to do that. So, but before I want to do that, in the tier five ish zone for all of us, for me it's six, uh, but for you guys it's for actually Wheeler it's four. Dang, for you it's six. I guess for all of us, it's uh, no, for Houdini it's five. Juju Smith Schuster. That guy is like that guy's got the range of as Stag part would say, the range of output for that guy is just like no player I've seen in a long time. Yeah, I mean What where are you? You're on draft day. He's sitting there. Are you thinking that he's just going to be JJ all right? Or is he going to – is this guy – can he creep in the top 15? I don't think so. I, I don't think with Le'Veon Bell, uh, with Antonio Brown, both you know ahead of him on the pecking order. And I, it's not like James Washington's going to be fucking forgotten about. Have you seen the plays that that guy's been making? <laughs> like, he's Martavis Bryant without a headache. Like, I've been saying that. Like, the guy's going to be – Around for eight, five targets a game, and he's going to surprise with eighty or so targets at the end of the year, uh, and be a guy who makes plays in the red zone. So. Watch that guy's game tape in college. He looks like a stocky neck r- running back, but you watch the plays and his hands and the body control. It's insane. Yeah, I mean, he's he just, going to be involved he in the starts, offense. He's a sick receiver. Like, they've just got so many weapons, it's hard to see him duplicating what he did on a per-target basis. And they've got so many weapons, I don't see how he gets more targets. Do, here, here's here, the here, question. Here, let, 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 let Does he the, need those targets? Go no, ahead. Here, here's my point with him. It, this is why he's the guy for me that has – he probably – we were talking about who's falling the most. He actually probably fell the most for me from tier uh, – one to two to three where, where he's been. And and part of it is me looking at history, right? Whether it be Martavis Bryant, whether it be Marcus Wheaton, whether it be um, uh, Sandy Coates, all these different guys that have had great outputs for periods of time. Why? Because, like Stag said, they have Le'Veon Bell, they have Antonio Hill Brown, they have these guys that defenses have to plan for. So then here becomes the guy that is... The, the zagging when you're zigging and, and, and he's able to take advantage. Now, once he did what he did last year, just like Martavis Bryant, you were going to see where Bryant had that amazing year that they were trying. They tried so hard to get him into the offense early in the next year. And it didn't work because the reason why it worked was because they were working Antonio Brown, who could work and catch and do everything and move the chains even while he's double covered that allowed you to throw the ball to this guy in the single coverage. Once you try to make this person a highlight, you're going to find that they are not the spotlight player that they seem to be. And that's the problem. I think Juju is a spotlight player. I just don't... You, he asked, does he need the targets? 
every fucking wide receiver needs the targets. Like they're the most, they're the thing that matter most among wide receivers. Of but all, last of all year he things. was able to do it without him. And he, that's only because he had a efficiency reign that was above like a ten year average. I like, get it. I get like, it. But we've seen it already in game one. I agree with you. And it's just he's just like that freak guy where game one he grabs this ball and he gets an eighty yard fucking touchdown. And you're like, Jesus, I think it probably was his only catch of the game. He had one catch, eighty four yards, and it was for a touchdown. He just kinda has that there is that special, and I, I, I'm not. I'm he just, was better on I'm doing a seven up the narrative than, as you than said. Tyreek Hill. I agree. I agree. So, but but the point is, but, be, but is because of the reason you said that he's got Brown over there, now you got Johnson and you got Bell. Maybe that just is. That's like a byproduct of that. Where or, it's like, or you have to you understand. You just whip it downfield. Here's what you also have to understand. He's gonna have his games. Because of those other guys in the round that are commanding the thing that, hey, until the defense wises up and stops double covering these guys, Ben's going to take advantage of it and be hitting him. But at the same time, you're going to have games where it's Antonio's game, it's Le'Veon's game, it's just not your day. So if you draft a Juju Smith-Schuster, don't draft him. He's not a number one wide receiver. He's on the team with the number one wide receiver in the league. And you know where it's going. So this is like this is like how we go back. This is like when you had Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne on the same team. How do you draft Reggie Wayne? How do you value Reggie Wayne? Reggie Wayne is the number one wide receiver if he's on any other team, but he's got Marvin Harrison who just had 122 catches the year before. How are you going to value what type of target share he's actually going to get in this offense. And that's where it has to come down to, right? Stags, I, mean, I think, the math, I think it does. The math comes love, down to final numbers as far as how many looks you actually get. I love that comparison, but Reggie Wayne, just because he had Peyton Manning, it was just so ridiculous. But yeah, then it was Reggie right. and Pierre. Yeah, it was it, Pierre. So it was Pierre. That was the, that was, was, that Pierre. was, the, that was the next it was one. Pierre. No, but I but I like the uh, that's a that's a thought provoking. If you think uh, about it from comparison. the same team, but like that's exactly comp. how it went. It was a I transition. Like the Here's what I'll say right now, Juju, and this has moved down since we did our show. Remember Juju? Remember we did our show a couple weeks ago? Juju was ahead of Larry Fitzgerald by one. Now he's one behind him. So Juju right now is at top 20. He's at the 17th position. Larry Fitzgerald's 16. Cooper's 15. Doug Baldwin's 14. So Juju's moving down a little bit, and that's smart. But still, he's above Allen Robinson, Demarius Thomas, Brandon Cooks, Josh Gordon, Tate, Marvin Jones. And I'm not and Jeffrey. Not I'm not my, saying those are wrong. Not on my tears. I'm not. No, but I'm not saying I'm going by ADP. Oh, ADP. Okay. ADP. I'm just saying we all think differently than ADP. Overall, of course. Yeah. Of course. Juju Smith is the 17th wide receiver taken based on. And this is again six sites mock draft. And this is the one thing again when we talk about knowing your league and we talk about using tiers to your advantage. You have to kind of go into it and look at. Based on your scoring system and where guys are, and especially if you're on a certain site, sites have guys ranked dramatically differently. And know that you just have to check that before your draft and go on your tiers and almost put like a, 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 a dark blue highlighter or something that tells you, not going to be on my team because. Where I, oh, have I just him. don't. I just no, don't. No, 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 because I just because don't based on where we have him and based on where he is in the league, 
it's just smarter for me just to take him out of my mainframe of thought process so I'm not even giving it any of the, oh, I wish I would have had him. No, I wouldn't have drafted him two rounds earlier than I would have here. It's kind of like when you're like, I don't want to go out and drink and do drugs and hang out with my buddies tonight. And so, then you do. so I'm going to stay. <laughs> yeah. So if it's, on, if, they, if it's on your tears, you do it. If you don't go out, you don't have to do drinks and drugs. So you just stay in. Take them off your tears. Stag party. Anything to say on Juju? No, I think he's, like, he had, what, 80 targets last year? Where's is there room for that to grow? No. Like, m- maybe he gets to 100 targets. No. But he's not going to be as a, I mean. I, I, don't, I, mean, I know you're confused. Martavis has I, I had, you, you know, games where he's gotten on 100 target paces and things along that. So, maybe he gets there. But even then. He's catching maybe 60, 65 passes. He's not going to average 15.9 yards per reception again. And he's not going to score on one of every five receptions. It's just not going to work. Can I, 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 I want to turn this away from Juju Smith. Can we talk about yeah, some yeah, other no, things? So I want to talk about a tier, uh, two tiers in a row that I think are interesting. But one tier that I think is ultra interesting that we have is our tier six. Uh, this consists of Michael Crabtree, Robbie Anderson, Jamison Crowder, Marquise Goodwin, Jordy Nelson, and Randall Cobb. So you've got a couple veterans in there. You've got a couple up-and-comers in there. Um, I like this tier. Like This is a tier I want to draft out of. Now, maybe Randall Cobb, who is the last player in the tier, maybe he's the guy that you're, you maybe would be shying away from, but Jordy Nelson and his new situation in, in, in Oakland, I'm, I'm, I'm liking. I'm, I'm really high on Marquise Goodwin with him. You know, We know that he has the one skill set, so I, I know I can get potentially, even if he has a bad day, he only gets one catch. It could be for 56 yards as opposed to the guy who's giving you an eight-yard catch. Uh, Jameson Crowder with Alex Smith, uh, old-time check down Charlie. Here's a perfect opportunity for him to finally start seeing the volume, especially if Jordan Reed can't hit the field. Moving up the ladder, Robbie Anderson. We were all so high on Robbie Anderson. I think the biggest fear that probably all of us have is that eventually he's going to get suspended for I a couple I don't care. Games. It's only going to be one or two games. Is what's I'm all be. in on that I'm guy. all in on that guy, too. I think... It make, and especially once Sam Darnold actually takes over. So I the feel like thing, that guy's gonna be on every team I have. I, I don't know. I think I like him with the other quarterbacks more than I like Sam Darnold because they're they're just playing check down with Sam Darnold. Like Josh McCown's been going fucking chuck it to Robbie Anderson. You know, Teddy Bridgewater may be the same. Is but Bridgewater you know what, getting trade? We'll see. Yeah, he'll, he'll most like, he's the most likely trade candidate because. Again, they don't want to keep young competition there. They believe that Sam Darnold is their future. But here's the other thing, too. As a young quarterback in Sam Darnold and, and Robbie Anderson is a young wide receiver, it's like, look, if they realize it's Quincy Inunua or it's Robbie Anderson. Quincy Inunua uh, moved up to uh, number two wide receiver on that team. This though. is what I'm saying. So is it Quincy Inunua? Is it Robbie Anderson? It's like uh, Inunua may be that, that, that shorter, easier target, but at the same time, who do you want to, you, you're a young guy, you want to make plays. So I like that. Uh, moving on, and Michael Crabtree at the top. So Michael Crabtree moving from being potentially... I don't like that. I don't like Crabtree. I agree. So Crabtree, for for me, I have, we have him collectively at the number 30. Um, I have him as the number 29. 
You have him as 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, 33. D-Rex has got, where's he got Crabtree? Or he's, oh, he's got him at 29 as well. So I think we're all kind of like collectively in agreement, like the upside of where we had when he was on Oakland with Amari Cooper, we were having like Amari Cooper at number 9, 10, 11, and having Crabtree at 14, 15. This is a big decrease in where you're going when you go to uh, Baltimore. So, you, you know, this is again where Crabtree is one of those guys, though, that if I'm if I had gone running back heavy, and at this point, now here's the thing. With the, I, I agree that I, I, I'm higher on Robbie Anderson than, than, than you know than him and these types of things, but this is a solid player. This is also a guy that doesn't have a ton of other talent around him at that position on his team. So it also becomes a matter of kind of judging it for that. Healthy John Brown is better than Michael Crabtree. I have no doubt about that. The question is, how long does John Brown stay healthy for? He never and stays healthy for more than like five weeks. And the question is, do you want anything to do with any Ravens player? Really, I've never other, other, other than Alex Collins. Not since Derek in, Mason. In, in slides not since Derek Mason. I mean, I don't want much. To, I don't want much to do with any other wide receivers. I mean, I think it's Alex Collins or bust, but if you're getting John Brown as a wide receiver five, uh, like he's another guy who can have 100 targets as either the one or the two there. He's going to be the most unassuming one because you, 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 you know, think about question, it. Can I have a question? Go ahead. Have either of you guys had John Brown on your fantasy? Yes. yes. Well, so, you I, know, yes. so you know what happens there. Yes. I, 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 had him as, I had him as the rookie where it was the ultimate joy. And then I like bought him in like some. You know that was three plays. That I know. Joy. You understand? If you want to plays. understand that I drafted him in su- subsequent years, and he gave you subsequent joy for like a game here and a game there, whatever. But it was always the injuries and everything else. And it was he's, painful. He's, he's got a he's got a sickle cell. I know. Issue. I know. It's, I know. But, but it's be, a nightmare. But beyond that, which is the best, but not for my fantasy. It's not just that. It's just you, just, you don't have to pay premium prices like. Right. But right now he's a wide receiver five. And are you telling me that I can draft that. now uh, Michael Crabtree? Especially, let's say that I went uh, running back, running back, tight end. I got Kelsey. I got like you know. I'm sitting here and I'm loaded, and I draft a wide receiver, and I have a chance in the fifth round to add as my second wide receiver, Michael Crabtree. You're telling me I'm not thrilled about that? Oh my God, You're, that's ugly. Fifth round. He, you like Mike no, Crabtree a lot more than I do. Well, wait, wait, hold no, on. Hold no, on. No, let, let, right. let me get my math right. Let me no. get my math right. I have him as my 29th wide receiver. So he goes off. not a fifth rounder. All right, so that's so okay. So I get him as my what? End of sixth flex. rounder. So get, sixth I, get, rounder. I, get, I can get him as my flex as a seventh round? End of sixth rounder. That's pretty good. I don't like it. Flex? I'd rather I'll have him as my flex. I don't like it. The thing is, okay. Just because of the offense. And you black us. Well, but. Look, and even if it's Flacco, then it goes to Lamar Jackson, then the, and that's not worse. and then that's not exactly great for the yeah, wide receivers. We, here's the question I got. <coughs> I got a question. Well, Kenny, Gall- Gra- Kenny Galladay or Crabtree? Kelly Galladay. What? Kenny Galladay. Kenny. Oh no, I'm going to Crabtree over Galladay. But I, <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. Yeah, like he's at my number fifty-five wide receiver. Yes, I, I like I like Galladay though. Hold on. 
wouldn't draft Michael Crabtree, but he's going to finish higher than Kenny Gallagher. Okay. Unless Goodwin Tate doesn't play. Goodwin? Godwin? Or Crabtree? Or no. Goodwin. Goodwin. Marcus Goodwin. Goodwin. I, I got better ones for Crabtree. Chris Hogan or Crabtree? Hogan. Corey Davis or Crabtree? Corey Davis. Crabtree. Will Fuller or Crabtree? Fuller. Crabtree. Sammy Watkins. Watkins. Robert Crabtree. Woods. Crabtree. 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 Okay. Alshon Jeffrey. Did I match my tears? I don't know. <laughs> no, that's a, that's why we do this. Because we were going to listen to the show and change them accordingly. <laughs> exactly. Alshon well, Jeffrey. Alshon. Alshon. Hurt, Hurt, Hurt Alshon Jeffrey. I'll take that. I'll take Alshon Jeffrey. I'll take Alshon Jeffrey. For sure. Here's a question I got for you. Edelman, you guys liking him as a value a little bit, knowing he's out four games? You think his, his slide will help you? It goes back to what you said with Cook. You're not, you know what you're getting. You, you, we're smart enough to be able to draft a team that can get some victories through the first eight or nine weeks. Do you like an Edelman through the last eight weeks? No. I, I'm worried about, seriously, if I'm going to hitch my wagon to anybody on New England, there's only two, and it's Gronk or it's Brady. And I worry that if it's Brady and he fails, like it's like all of a sudden this is the cliff, your season's done when you don't have the quarterback and you're going to have to invest what you're going to have to invest in order to draft him where you draft him. Gronk, what is honestly, right about a fourth, fifth rounder? Yeah. But still, that's that's it's a high-value shit. He was terrible last year for people to draft him in the third, fourth round. I know. And he finished third. I know. It's so weird with Brady. Like, your expectations are so high. It's and like, then he blows in the fancy clips. But Gronk is a guy. Gronk is a yeah, guy that I, I will take. I'll, I'd rather highly invest. Which, where's Gronk going right now? Hold on. We're not going to get it. All right. We're about to move there. We're about to move there. I got one, a couple more questions t- here, and we're moving. And then we'll to, take, oh, you want it? You want to do a. I think holla we, for I think a we need to. We need to holler for a dollar. Okay. Let's holler for a dollar. Do you want to do this again? No. Alright. You pointed at it. No. You did it. Shush. Thank you. All right. Anything else to talk about on wide receivers? Tyrell Williams. Like him. Like him. I love him still. Especially with the John Brown or Tyrell Williams? Tyrell Williams. Tyrell. Look, the fact that the matter that that you also lost Hunter Henry and you're having to do this uh, mix and match and band-aid fix at tight end, it only is going to lead more credence that you're going to have to to, uh, give more uh, to these wide receivers. And again... From the guy who's talking about who doesn't believe in Melvin Gordon, who's under four yards to carry, it means you're going to be in a lot of third down and threes or third down and fours, which means you're going to have to throw the ball. Tyrell Williams. Quick question. Let's just talk about, let's just, you know, the one guy, the one rookie we didn't lump into uh, the mix was Anthony Miller. Oh, no, we were talking about running backs. Um, Anthony Miller, what are you guys thinking? Let's just talk quickly about Bears wide receivers, not as homers. But let's do a quick right. little I'll give you quick one pocket of team kind of wide receiver actions. We got the Bears. You got Kevin White, seventh round pick, no. four years ago. Hold on, seventh you, overall. Seventh overall, no. not round. Sorry, I was at that draft. Um, you got friggin' uh, Allen Robinson, Robinson, Anthony Miller, Taylor Gabriel, crazy. Tyler Gabriel, Taylor, just, Gabriel. Taylor Gabriel just came out over from uh, the Atlanta. What's happening on that? 
out of those guys, are you liking? Are you going Trey Burton Allen? I like Trey. Oh my God, Trey Burton looks great, especially with the injury, with the ankle injury. Which, holy crap! If you guys were watching the game, uh, Evan Shaheen looked like his ankle fell off of him, and he got lucky that it's only a sprain. So Shaheen should be back, but he's mainly a blocker, as Stag said. Trey Burton is going to be awesome in this in this offense. The, the amount of misdirection. Let trail. me go back. Okay, so Anthony Miller. Have more yards than I'm going to tell you one play. I'm just going to tell you if one. You guys play. If you guys aren't going to win, I'm not going to win. Val Verde. <laughs> All right, well then, you know what? I'll give you this. Everyone's <laughs> laughing and riding. At I gave you that one already. How about this one? You're a good guy, my friend. That means brother in French. I don't know why I know that. I took four years of Spanish. <laughs> but did you see the catch where... Trubisky was rolling out and he threw it on, yes. on, on the run, and Miller makes this over the hand, over the head hands catch on the sideline, double taps in with two defenders crossing in front of him. That's all you need to know about Anthony Miller. We talk about look, look at the Next number of volume, look at, look at the number of volume of catches that he had at Memphis. It was insane. And you go, well, can this really translate? And then you see a play like that, and you go, here's a guy who's probably caught about hundred balls a day minimum. Every single day, football player. I think just I'm, of I'm, God, like he he gets it. Yeah. He's in the right spot all the time and in the right exact position. But you're not drafting Anthony Miller over no. Allen Robinson, are you? No, absolutely oh. not. Okay, are you drafting Allen Robinson at all? I'm. I'm let yes, me tell I you. Hold, hold on. Let me tell you his cost. He is at the very beginning of the fifth round. So he could be your right, third wide receiver. I'm taking the back. Who else is around? Who else is around there? Demarius Thomas, Josh Gordon, Golden Tate, Marvin Jones, I like him Sean there. Jeffrey. I like him there. Here's why. I like Demarius the most there. I like probably Marvin Jones second, and then I like Allen Robinson. And my tears So you like Allen Robinson more than uh, Josh Gordon? Yeah, I do. Right okay. now, there's just too. Right now, there's just too much on. It's a fucking. Here's why. There's that it, uncertainty with Allen Robinson. Not with the quarterback. Tyrod Taylor is does not supply fantasy points to wide receiver. He doesn't. Remember? Yes. Remember when he threw it deep to Sammy Watkins and he was like the number, what eight wide receiver in fantasy? Here's, Dude, don't don't try and change your. That happened. But <laughs> that's but, not a narrative. It's no, a fact. No, but it, <laughs> you know, Tyrod Taylor, we've been talking about for four years, he's not a deliverer of fantasy points to wide receivers. When he throws it to Tyrod Taylor was not also a number two overall pick and, uh, you know, yes. expected to be the franchise leader number of the team. Number one overall pick. No, Trubisky was number two. Oh, oh he, I, I was talking about for big, uh, big, Baker. Uh, I don't think Baker starts a game this year. I think and Hugh I, Jackson I, is playing for his And job. I don't want anything to do with the wide receivers on the Browns. No, no, you can guarantee Baker is playing, but you can also guarantee that Hugh Jackson is not coaching 16 games this year. Okay. I'll take both those bets. <laughs> <laughs> you, want, you, want, you want to start the betting early? I will, I will no. take that Baker Mayfield starts at least four games. And at then, least four games? I'm yeah. going to give you that. No, I'll, you want to bet that? No, no, we're not betting. And, and then Hugh on. Jackson does Let's go not back to these wide receivers. more than ten games. Let's go back to these wide receivers. So I want to hear your, your, your take on it. You you like Josh Gordon much more than... than Al uh, Robinson, Robinson, a guy coming off a torn ACL, who, you know, we don't know how he fits in the system. 
Uh, the, yeah, you know, are they going to be a fast-paced team? Are they going to be a slow-paced team? Is he going to see the 160 targets he saw with Blake Bortles? Because that's not a guarantee at all. Highly unlikely. Right? So now you have to divide targets up between him, Anthony Miller, who you guys love. Uh, Taylor Gabriel's going to get some because they're paying him money. Uh, you know, Kevin White... He may get some, but let's not even count him in the discussion. He's not Trey, in the discussion. Trey Burton's a guy they want to feature. So if he's a guy that gets between 80 and 100 targets, that takes a big chunk out of the top-end potential for a guy like Allen Robinson. Here's where I'll agree with so, you. So he's maybe, what, 120 targets? Yeah, yeah, and no, 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 he doesn't no. have a great catch percentage? No, 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 let me talk. Okay. I don't think he's 120. Forget that. You, okay. you don't, your last point was, was, was a bad point to bring up. Catch percentage <laughs> is based on Blake Bortles. Okay? No, catch percentage is on his talent as a wide receiver. No, it's also based on oh, the, the catchable balls that are being thrown to you. But he didn't catch the catchable balls either. You saw some of the... Okay, well, let's find out what he does in this situation. But here, I'm trying to agree with you, and you're giving me shit. Relax for a second. If you think about it, honestly, how many targets is Allen Robinson going to get in this offense? Because they do like Trey Burton. They do like Anthony Miller. They do like Tariq Cohen. They do have all these guys. And let's go back and let's think about... Kansas City, because this is where Nagy's coming from. So Nagy's coming from Kansas City. This is an offense that could you, besides Kareem Hunt and Travis Kelsey, who's a odd skill position player, was there ever a wide receiver that did any real damage in Kansas City? Or let's go back to when it was so, Andy Reid in I mean, Philadelphia with Donovan McNabb. One season of Right. Who who were the wide receivers? Name me the, the, the key wide receivers in, in, in Philadelphia when they made Hollywood, four, Hollywood, four Fred, NFC championships. Hollywood, Freddie, uh, what was the guy's name? Freddie Johnson? Mitchell? Freddie Mitchell. Freddie, Hollywood that, Freddie Mitchell. He was, he was, not, he was, but, he was never Hanks. a guy that you drafted. Name me, in those four years they went to the NFC championship game, who were their wide receivers? It was all about tight end. So this is why Trey Burton makes so, so much sense. Here's okay. I like. No, no, no. But what I want to throw back. One question. I want to throw back though. I still think that Allen Robinson is good this year because the difference is they didn't have an Allen Robinson type player at that position. The only reason why the Bears were able to acquire him is because he was coming off of the injury. And the other benefit they have is that he was playing with Blake Bortles. And he was playing in Jacksonville. So I think this is all benefits. Where Allen Robinson, I feel, comes at an undervalued position this year, and we don't but know. But, but here's the other thing. No, no, no. But here's the other thing. If, you, if you're going to judge based on the Bears' history, they were running under John Fox and under uh, uh, they ran a slow offense. You, the best judge maybe is to go back when they were under Tressman and see how many plays per, per game they were running or how quickly they were running their offense. Because one of the things that is paramount of the Kansas City offense or the Philadelphia offense or the Andy Reid offense, any way you want to look at it, is that it runs a lot of plays. And it runs a lot of plays because... It doesn't. No, no, no. No, it doesn't. Kansas City does not run a lot of plays. But we're below average. That's the okay, okay. But, I didn't mean... Okay. And... Let me correct. The guys no, no. come off... No, no, but let me correct. Let me correct. Let me correct. Because it's, it, it's, it's still the same point. Is that they don't huddle. They never fucking huddle. These teams don't huddle, so they don't allow you to make any changes. So while they're running fewer plays, 
it's still the same point. They're controlling the pace of the game. And the pace of the game is also controlled by allowing you to substitute or not allowing you to substitute. And that's something that that Andy Reid and and uh, Nate uh, Peterman, uh, uh, Coach Peterson did over in, in Philadelphia, and and what Nagy hopefully is going to be able to do for the Bears is control the pace, be able to call a play within five seconds or ten seconds if you need to, and also be able to hold the play and not allow substitutions and let it go until the end of the play until you find how you can really kill their defense. I'm going to make it, we're going to move off of the Bears we'll move off, please. in a minute. Sorry. But right now to, um, to Stag's point and just to the point that I love Allen Robinson, but coming off an injury and it wasn't, it was, it was back, it was the first game, it was like the early, six, it was the sixth play. play. Yeah. Was like, third play, he was looking great. Season. But right now, Allen Robinson, ADP, is at 21. One behind Demarius Thomas, who's never been injured, and one above Josh Gordon. It's, 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 a, it's a, he's, Allen Robinson on the Bears is the 21st. He's the 50th right, overall have, pick. I'm not, no, I'm just saying, I'm not talking about your tiers or our tiers. He's but, 15 for me. But that's the 50th pick overall. So, like, yeah. Allen Robinson, you guys do the math. That's, he's a fifth-round pick, fourth-round pick. Here's the, other, the only other thing that I can think of. We got to move on. We got to right. move on. We're going to move on. Can I move on to, to what I want to move on to? Sure. Valverde. I'm in love with your brother-in-law. You're in love with your own brother? The one in the army? No, your sister's husband. Michael. Michael. No, that's your sister's brother. No, I'm my sister's brother. You're in love with me. Me. I'm in love with Tobias. My brother-in-law? I know it can never be, so I'm leaving. I'm enlisting in the army. Be with your brother. No! (laughs) (laughs) Alright, we're gonna... We're gonna... I'm gonna ask one more question. On wide receivers, and then we're gonna move on. Stag party, stag arena. I'm not answering. What's your question? My question is <laughs> for a guy that he, I know he likes, Rashard Matthews, on a team that I know he likes the quarterback a lot more than I do for the Titans. What's gonna happen with Corey Davis, Rashard Matthews? Uh, who's the other? Guys, um, Delaney Walker, Delaney Walker, Taywan Taylor. Taylor. What are you thinking? Uh, I don't think Chris uh, Corey Davis is going to be as good as everybody thinks he's going to be this season. But he's done nothing in the NFL to show it. Mm. Playoffs, he was good, but I agree. I mean, a, a, a play here, a play there. He had a good game. Yeah. Okay. He had a decent game. That was his. One real decent game last season. Um, he just hasn't put it together. He's been injured this whole preseason, uh, but so is Richard, same shit. So, so but so is Richard Matthews. They've both been missing on and off and mi- missing time, and that's not great. So overall, uh, I'm not going to be highly invested into anybody. But I mean. But the price on Rashard Matthews is just so much better than Corey. But isn't it also about proving? And Matthews has proven it year over year. A little bit more. So that if you feel like he has that injury, that the ability for him, 
Can you prove that you could actually be, be a fucking man and not, not have to cough everything out? Yeah. No, you're not laughing. You're coughing. Yeah. Yeah. Keep coughing. I'm, I'm throwing you under the bus. Thanks. Yeah. You're welcome. happy you're doing it. You're welcome. So, I look at Rashard Matthews, though, as a guy that, look, at least he's done it before. Corey Matthews is one of these guys that, like, see, Matthews... Corey Matthews? No, no, no. Did I combine him? I want the Matthews, not the Corey. Because yeah, the Matthews... The Matthews yeah, you did throw me off. I the Matthews know. part is a hard worker. It's a guy who wasn't given anything. He was not a highly touted guy. So he's had to just, like, earn, 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 But earn. he's hurt. I know. But at the same time, here's the guy that's just been given, 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 given. He's also hurt. So if they're he's both... He's not been given. He went to fucking uh, Western Michigan. This is not a guy that's coming out of a program. Corey Davis, let's not, let's not think that this guy is a dude... Let's stop here. with the fucking narrative altogether. Yeah. And talk, Thank you. Talk about, talk, talk about reality. Corey Davis... Corey Davis has yet to prove it on a weekly basis in the NFL that he can do it week in and week out. Richard Matthews has... So I will take my shots on Rashard Matthews over over Corey Davis. Corey, Done. Corey, da- Corey Davis is the 70th overall player taken, uh, while Rashard Matthews goes in the 120s. I'm all on Corey Davis, and it might blow blow up in my face, but in any league I'm in, people all hate him, and it's, he's going to fall down and give you a much better value than what we're seeing here on this, and. I, I like his upside. He's, a, he's, Here's got a lot of, he's got a lot. It might blow up and suck. I want to back, back you up. Corey Davis is a guy that I can like him, but I would like him as a guy that I'm not going to draft and wait for someone else to sour on him and add him as going for a trade, a kicker, or a guy that is going to be dropped, and I'm going to wait until he's dropped, and then I'm going to draft him and be like, thank you very much. My last question and I don't know where they fall on each of our tiers, but this is the L.A. Rams. And this is going to go to Stags first, and then you'll answer the same question. Brandon Cooks, Cooper Cup, or Robert Woods? Cooks, Cup, Woods. That's the order, but who I will... Uh, uh, Cooks will not be on my team except in my keeper league where I have him. Um, I will love Cooper Cup this year. And uh, Woods is one of those guys that I, I just feel he won't be on my team because I feel he'll be drafted earlier based on his awesome performances. But again, it's too small of a sample size for me to be able to jump up. Do you agree, Stags? With you, with that set, Stags, uh, or whatever. With that set, Stags, do you think um, I kind of like the way you responded to it? Cooks probably isn't going to be on any of your teams. Would you like a cup? To be on any of your teams at a little later value? PPR. Because you're not a Cooks guy. PPR. Um, I probably will just avoid all of them altogether. Does that bring any value to a position we're going to segue to? Tight end? Is there a tight end on that team no. you like? All right. Let's <laughs> try. All right. I was trying. All right. We're going to knock out quick tight end action here. Draft Gronk and log out. <laughs> draft so where, Gronk where, where, that, where does that happen? Where are you drafting Gronk? you got to draft him in the second round now. What's, if, if you're in the second round, if you got a late pick in the first round, you're pick 11, and let's say you take 
whatever running back or wide receiver you want to take in that first round. Coming back on that, what would that be? That would be the 15th pick of the draft you, you'd take around. What did your math just say? I did. 14th. Hang on, hang on, hang on. At the end hang of the first? But hold on. I'm not no, drafting on the 1 2 turn. I know. That's, uh, I, I was saying you had the 11th. You took whatever wide receiver. I'm not drafting on the 1 2 turn. I got it. So then he comes back to you on the 14th. Are you taking him? No. Not at the 1 2 turn. Okay. So that's. End of the but second round. right, dude. I, I was like, I, I thought you were I, going much. I thought you were going first pick to the other pick. You talk about Gronkowski. Yeah. At that early. Like, to me, Gronk is just never a guy that's going to be on my team. Where I try to position myself, which is exactly where Staggs positions himself, is for him over the last, what is it, three years, is to get Kelsey. How do I get Kelsey? If I can get Kelsey, if I can get Kelsey in the, because Gronk has been going in the first or second round, you're going, well, that's just not worth the fucking risk or reward. But if I can get Kelsey in Anywhere, you know, it, now earlier it was like you were getting the him. Six, you're getting him. The the right. Then four. it was like, there was but like, now it's, now it's like, right now, but, but, but it, used to, it used to be like, and Hertz is in the third. Early, it was like late sixth, then it was early fifth. Yeah. And so now it's like, now it's like mid third. Now you it's like, that going there. right now, no, no, but now it's almost like, First of the Earth is the worst pick. Earth is the worst pick. I don't there know. Than Gronk, I'll tell I, you. I don't know. I don't know because again, you talk about these. This is these are all. You talk about your love for Trey Burton. You talk about Earth uh, is done at no, once. No, but and these are all the Kansas City. These season. are all the, the the Kelsey does it every year. These are all of the offenses that run the exact same offense, and they all highlight the tight end, the go tight end, the go tight end who can make plays. And they run through and misdirection in order to create plays for these mismatches because they realize the biggest mismatch on the on the field is that linebacker. When you get the linebacker that can't cover, and then you force a safety to cover a tight end, you win. Houdini, you're on the clock. You take in Evan Ingram. No. Jimmy Gordon. Jimmy Gordon. Jimmy Gordon. <laughs> I just watched a bunch of Batman movies. Jimmy Graham or Zach Ertz. Ertz all day. God, I disagree with you. What about you? Hurts. I mean, it's not. Mm. Uh, to me, it's not even close. Yeah. Er, er, it's it, it's Gronk, Kelsey, Ertz, and then there's a line. I think it's Gronk line, Kelsey, Ertz line. I yeah. think it's Gronk. I, I agree. With, I, I can agree. Like, I think it's Gronk, Kelsey, with a, a little a, a <laughs> lot of letting, a lot of letting in, in that typography line and. Earth is gonna suck this year. No, but tell me this. If you you wanna make Gronk line, the problem with Gronk line is that Gronk has been a line. He's been a line through because he gets injured at some point in the year because he's he gets still one or two every year. I know, but but it's it's the aggregate. It's not he's not there for you necessarily in your in your in your fantasy playoffs all the time. And he's not and here's the worst part. He's never ever been since that second year or third year, whatever it was, him and Hernandez, the double murderer, the and now suicide guy. Who <laughs> now Eric Decker is wearing his number. I saw the game <laughs> the other day. Decker anymore? dropped the pass, and then he walked to the sideline with number eighty-one. I'm like, is that Aaron Hernandez? Am I watching? Am I watching? Oh, it's Eric Decker. Did, did anybody have like the hanging, like, like you know, 
No, no okay. one was lynched anyway. Uh, no, no, he hung himself when he killed himself. Well, okay, jeez. Right. Hey, guys, I'm, I'm reliving like every hand is. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Holy guacamole. Uh, well, the idea is, man, Michael, I think I proved that with <laughs> Mountain. If you guys see the depth chart at wide receiver for a Tom Brady-led team that would expect to throw for 4,500 yards? All right, am I ever worried about it? No. Not, but I want to hear it. Go ahead. It's probably pretty garbage, yeah. Chris Hogan, Julian Edelman, after four games. You know, Braxton Berrios and Philip Dorsett. That, I mean, this is basically it. Like, so that, that you're proving the Gronk. The Gronkworth and the out-of-the-back. There's no doubt, but the problem is, at this point, for a guy who was potentially thinking about retiring... and no, for he a guy, wasn't. Yes, he wanted to oh, get really? For a guy who banked all of his money... We're talking about Gronk and the top guys, so we got to move on. The only thing I'm going to say, do you know what Gronk's salary equals each week? $69,000. And it, it all goes so to that's the house. All he was holding out and said, I'm going to retire, and then they came back like... All right, we got to talk to you, Gronk. It's like, all I want to do is make sure that my weekly salary is $69,000. Well, he doesn't spend For 53 it. weeks. No, he talks like that. I know. I'm you, I've heard it. <laughs> Look. All right, move on. <laughs> I'll give you this one more. Delaney Walker for Houdini is the... Uh, Eighth pick in the tier three. Stags, eighth pick in tier three. But he's the second guy in yours. And for me, he's the ninth pick in tier three. Hurt his foot, right? Is this a trouble? Yeah. Is a problematic thing? For anyone with age, it's always problematic. But the thing is this how serious? Do you need any type of surgery or is it just rest? I think it's probably just turf toe rest. At, at, like, at this point in time in the preseason, I'm not turf toe. Turf toe sucks. Turf toe, but it's not surgery. No, no, no. He's not having surgery. Hold doesn't on, mean he doesn't on. need it. The one thing what? that we've always discussed, D Rex, over all the years is that when turf toe comes up, we Sarah. all run away. It's like Liz. Okay, Liz Why Frank, am I fucking bringing this up? It's not good. No. It's not even a real thing. It's not good for the guy. It's not even a real thing. You're like, he's got a toe injury, but there's no been no confirmed turf toe. Let's not go spreading rumors. Hey, no one's saying. Okay, so he's got a toe injury. What else? What else would be problematic as a toe injury? A bro- then, broken toe. <laughs> that's better. Uh, no toenail. Yes. No toenail, so you can't put your sock on and, and yeah, that's awkward. That's awful. That's awful. You could have you could have a corn. You can have a... A blister? <laughs> right. All right. I'm pulling us back to Earth because we, we're going to be shutting down the show. No, no, no. But listen. listen. No, I, I'm going I'm to ask It's not great no matter how, which way you slice it. But he's a veteran. And when you have a veteran, you don't worry about so, the fact of what they can do. Because, look... Time, old, an injury... I know, but, but, but you know what? An old guy who's still playing for his life that's still in the NFL, he wants to be there. The want to be there, again, we talk about like the want to, uh, what are you going to give? Look, there are guys that are playing with half a toe that are that are trying to get in the <laughs> NFL. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, 
So, I want proof of that. I want proof of one guy trying to get in the NFL that it only has half a tub. Well, listen, a friend of mine, unfortunately, oh, horrible trip. They went. They, they were oh, jeez, Louise. <laughs> like, right, I won't go there. I won't, I, won't there. I won't go there. They also went to Germany, but he was in Cologne, Germany, while no, his son was having a, uh, his 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 pinky reattached. Oh, the tip of his pinky reads. What is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? Hey, told you why our podcast is so great. You pushed and it got worse. (laughs) It was terrible. We wanted you to bail and it got worse. Do you understand there were grilled cheese sandwiches here? Yes. But in this business of show, you have to have the heart of an angel and the hide of an elephant. All right, I love it. Stop hitting stuff. Jordan Reed. No. So you won't draft Jordan Reed, but you're willing to draft a guy who's injured right now in Delaney yes. Walker? Yes. Okay, makes no. sense. If because you look, my drafts were all... Okay, hold on. Let him go. Let, let, let him say your thing. I'll, 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 you didn't interrupt. He asked I'm you. Done. But I want you to give some... I want, I want you to... Because this is like a... This is like, to me, a league winner pick. Uh, Where he's going value-wise, Jordan Reed, if he yes, plays you can 16, clarify after I finish talking. Thank you. <laughs> he's like kind of a league winner pick, maybe. I mean, Delaney, our, our, uh, Jordan Reed's peak season is better than anybody besides Gronkowski, and that includes Zach Ertz, and that includes Travis Kelsey, right? We've seen a better season from Jordan Reed than we've ever seen from Kelsey. So, why... Will you draft a guy who's injured right now with Delaney Walker than a guy who's healthy right now when there's no correlation between injuries in between? No, 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 because there is a correlation between history of injuries and injuries happening again. There's not. Yes, there is. No. Yes, there is. Zero. Really? Yes, the math. How many healthy seasons has Jordan Reed had? What's healthy? Uh, Playing 16 games. None. Okay. Um, How many times has... Uh, Delaney Walker played 16 games. I don't know. Let's call it four. Let's call it any. And it's better than what you're talking about. Okay? So I don't even need that for an argument. The point is that he's been there. He's been available. The problem is that Jordan Reed is the guy that is the most inconsistent, unavailable person that you can count on since he entered the league. He was a guy that was similarly like that in, 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 uh, in high school and in college. He got injured. He is a guy who missed time. So, unfortunately, I believe in history of, yes, if a guy missed time in college, if a guy missed time in the pros, if a guy missed time now, there are the anomalies. There are the Frank Gores who had all the ridiculous injuries. And also, I'll give you the Willis McGahees, and they all have to be played at Miami. But they had all these ridiculous injuries, and all of a sudden, we're able to put them all behind them and move on. But... A minor injury in, in, in preseason to a player that has been a perennial potential all-pro at his position, or at least top five, top six. Jordan Reed's been better than Delaney Walker. Delaney Walker has had uh, a, the better length of career as far sure. as if you're talking about any anybody that in the NFL. But we let's talk let's about- put fantasy aside. Let's, let's, I grant you. Jordan Reed, I had him. I drafted him. I picked him up off the waiver wire in, in the league when he was a rookie. We can't put fantasy aside. No, no, no. This is a no, no, I understand, no. but we're talking about what Jordan Reed did in 2000, 
13 or 14 over a seven game or eight game span and then got hurt and what he did when he came back for a four game span, but he's always been hurt. So if you're sitting here telling me, you want to take the team of all risks, go right ahead. But the problem is that I like the risk on I, no, yeah, I like the risk. But I want to take the risk on Jordan Reeves being drafted after Jack Doyle in the yes, tenth round. So then to take then no, no, no. Dalvin Cook in the second yes. round. Yes. No, yes. No. Okay. Hallelujah. No, no. Hallelujah. I can understand that, but, 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 uh, but he's I, going so late. But I disagree with the Dalvin Cook reference okay. because the running back is the most important position that you have on your team. Hold on. You already got mad about this. No, no, no. I don't know. But I agree. Stop, stop placating and let's talk. No, this is amazing. Just talk. No, I'm tired. This has been amazing. To be honest, I agree. This is a great conversation. I agree that. He's gonna maybe get play six games. That's what Jordan Reed does. But if you get That's everything, bad. if you get everything, That's and he says he's healthier than ever. He had a toe injury or a foot injury last year that he was doing. He has with. something every year. I agree. He does. He does. But when you get that season, that it doesn't happen. And who knows? But so the that's a bad argument. Can, can, I, just, no, no, can I say no, one thing? Correct his argument. The tenth round. Correct his argument. It's the tenth round. No, no, I agree with the tenth Here, round. Here, I agree with the tenth, tenth round. That's not tenth high round. risk. Jordan Reed, it's not high risk. Well, because you also yeah, draft yeah, Vernon yeah, Davis. That's how I feel. Tenth Reed is not a risk. Then you just draft Vernon Davis. We pair him with him in the 16th round, and you have what? The second or third best tight end. But that's pairing. not the point. That's no, you know what I'm doing? Hold on. I'm grabbing him, and then I'm grabbing Jake Butt with basically my second to last pick, who's going to be a starting tight end on the fucking Denver Broncos. And I you want to know who's going to be throwing him the ball out? Case Keenum. Fine, you want to know what? I get him for nothing. Your, all your arguments that you just gave me just give me credence to why I'll take Delaney Walker, and I'll take the sure points that I'm going to get when he plays, and I'll draft the Jake Butt later, and I'll draft the other guy later, and I'll get the same production that I'm going to get out of your potential guy that you're going to get for five or six weeks. Fair enough. That's all okay. I'm saying. So Delaney Walker plus anybody he wants, Jordan Reed, Vernon Davis. That's the bet. Oh, and anyone I want, anyone I want yeah. after Delaney Walker? Well, yeah, and you got to call. And and no, ADP after a certain point, right? But he's not. No, yeah, sure. You mean ADP after whatever. A- ADP you after. Can, you, can, you can draw a line. The no, hold on. Let's do it. This is a good bet. I'll do that. I'll we'll, do, we'll do that. Two, let's each do two players, two tight ends. Well, no, we can only start one a week. But each it's of us have to score. Either we both either we have to have that no, guy. His total points scored on the year. We each either start with Jordan Reed. Or no no and, and with uh, um, Delaney Walker, but we have to eliminate the top three of Gronkowski. Ernst. No, I'm not doing a tight end pairing. That's what I'm, I'm saying. Doing late after the tenth round ADP. ADP. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm saying. I said that already. Well, I know. I wanted to clarify for him. Okay. He's sitting here with a confused look on his face, and I want to make sure that he knows. He wants. He, he what? You know what? I I, 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 I I have peripheral vision. I can see your confused look. I've been looking at the t- my tears on the screen. I'm, I just drew. You've been going to the bathroom and coming back and shushing me. You don't know what you're talking about. So I'm like, don't worry, it's all good. Okay. So the tenth round ADP line is basically. Do I have to choose right now? Between. No, we'll talk about it. Just George are you Kittle about to shush him? George, George Kittle and Tyler Eifert is the line as of today. Hang on, for you. C minus C M I N E S. 
Did you even study? No, I didn't. Wow. How impressive is that? <sighs> well, the bar for the refrigerator has been lowered, huh? For you. C minus. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, C minus. Thanks. Yeah, Jordan Reed's gonna smash. I agree. All right, we ran into a little bit of technical difficulties there. Uh, my computer ran out of storage space, so we kind of had to shut that show down. Uh, we really only had one more guy we wanted to talk about anyways, so I'm going to close out this show with the, alt, with the OJs, and this song is Survival. Survival. <laughs>